Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode eight of This Korean Life. This podcast is brought to you by Ox Smoke and Grill. No longer the hidden gem it once was, uh, the Ulsan Ox Smoke and Grill branch is located in the Central Weave Zai building and offers amazing burgers, ribs, the best smoked meat in town, and don't forget about their apple slaw, bruh. Uh, they're open daily for lunch and dinner and also offer catering services for your next special event. Get your meat sweat on at Ox Smoke and Grill. This podcast is also brought to you by Sima, one of Ulsan's favorite expat hangouts located in Samsandong, just minutes away from the department store. It's a great place to meet new people, enjoy a couple beverages on the patio or dance the night away. Uh, during one of its wild parties. Let Al and his staff show you how they like to get down. Uh, Open weekly, Thursday through Sunday. Check out their Facebook page for more information on upcoming events. Now, today's podcast, it was a pleasure to record, guys. Uh, Jeshrin is a man wise beyond his years. Uh, We speak about his studies at UNIST, his transition from Africa to Korea, stereotypes in Korea, life in Ghana, and his, I say this with complete sincerity, his eventual run for the president of Ghana in 2042. Uh, We tackle some controversial topics on here like the consumption of dog meat in Korea and religion. Really hope you guys enjoy. You are now tuned into This Korean Life with your hosts, Brian and Nate. Welcome, Jester and Biney, to, the pod- uh, to our podcast. Um, I was wondering who Vaseline your arms to uh, so you could leave your house today. There's no- <laughs> Dude, listen, I haven't seen you in a year and a half, maybe? Yeah, a year and a half, two years? No, maybe You're, two years. The last time we watched the, the game was the... Oh, that's right. That was right? the... World Cup soccer game. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Oh, the I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, that Korea was versus, versus Serbia. Uh, Serbia. Serbia. Yeah, Serbia, yeah. Um, that's how long it's been? I don't know, maybe two years or a year? It's been a hot minute. I've seen <laughs> I've seen a few of the other boys around. Maybe that was I just before I went to Ghana. That's before I went to Ghana. So that's 2017. And it's in wow. Ghana. You're eating the you're eating raw cacao trees. I think, dude, your arms have doubled. <laughs> <laughs> your arms have doubled in size. <laughs> did you did you curl all of the all of the weights over there? <laughs> Holy smokes, dude! What do you what are you, that, what that are can't you doing? Can't be kimchi. <laughs> it's fufu. What do you got in there? <laughs> all cops. Jeez, Louise, what uh, what are you doing, man? How uh, what kind of exercise routine are you on these days? And what's the what's the reason for your for your uh, your I don't know if it's been sudden, but for your uh, enlargement? Ah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah, moved to Dongu. Apartment came with a with a gym in the basement. So yeah, it's not it's not. Hectic. She said, "I'm not going to sleep anymore. I'm just going to yeah, do bench so presses." Yeah, second floor and then basement. So just. Or you just walk right down. Yeah, just walk right down. So it's pretty much easy. And twenty four seven. So awesome. Yeah, that's a bonus. What uh, do you have uh, a goal? I know um, your friend. I can't remember his name. Who used to do Dadzi. the Dadzi? Dadzi used to do the the competitions. Are you looking to to get into competition form? Yeah, I mean, like last week, my there was a director who's into bodybuilding in here. So she met me and then she told me about it. She has a team. So she wants to introduce me to her team. So tomorrow I'm going to meet her coach and then see if uh, I just want to 
for fun. Mm. Yeah. How, uh, just make sure your speedos are a little bigger than Dadsy's. <laughs> <laughs> Is he wearing full budgie smugglers? Yeah. yeah? <laughs> what? Um, how long have you been? I mean, working what, out? What, yeah. When I started working out, it was probably high school. Didn't take it very seriously. Mm. Now more. Uh, more into it, but you have a you have a, a good build on you. How long uh, how long you've been working out? So high school was an athlete, but yeah, wasn't really building. And mm. maybe just in a year, I just have a routine like three or four months in a year, and I'm done. Mm. But I think probably genetics plays a huge role. No doubt. Yeah, because cool. I've been with people who work out all all season. <laughs> and then still, so I think it's probably genetics. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, what sports did you play in high school? Can you pass me some of those genetics? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, you gotta be black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a I was a sprinter. Yep. Yeah, short short distance, one hundred and ten meter hurdles. I used to also do the jumps, long jump, triple jump. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, pretty much, and then soccer as well. Yeah. Cool. Mm. That's what, uh, what, who was the soccer team you you followed? Uh, back in Ghana, uh, EPL, uh, Chelsea. No, Pretty no, I mean in Ghana. Ah, Ghanaian team. Uh, <laughs> Hearts of Oak. Oh no, maybe Dwarfs because it was in my city. So yeah, and maybe Kotoko. The uh, I I used to live in in Ghana for a while, so I followed the Porcupine Warriors and the Hearts of Oak for quite a long time. They used to go to the the stadium, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Wild, wild times. Anyways, dude, you're looking, you're looking, uh, looking good, dude. Thank you. Uh, I hope I can keep up. And best, uh, best of luck in the competition there. Let us know. We'll yeah. come, we'll come cheer you on. Sure, sure. Nato, this, Nato grease you up pre-competition. Is this, uh, is this partially due to being graduated and having a lot more free time now? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, taking a break before I, I, I plan my next move, grad school probably. So. Yeah. You just finished your undergraduate? No. You just finished your master's? No. Your doctorate? No. no. He finished his undergraduate two years two ago. Two years ago. So, oh, two years? Oh, okay, yeah, okay. So I plan to take a break for two years. So this this uh, August, I was planning to start my grad school. Cool. Yeah. Okay, okay. What were you studying at uh, UNIST? I did chemical and bioengineering. Cool. Global major. Now, when, <clears throat> when you're applying for... Uh, <clears throat> Man, this chocolate's giving me super <laughs> phlegm. <laughs> the uh, when you're applying for um, your your master's degree, or I think you can do them in tandem, right? Your master's and your yeah. uh, and your and your PhD. When you're going into the program, what um, what are you looking for in a in a program? So yeah, for I mean research purposes. Mm. So uh, the most important thing is um, what your research topic is. Mm. Yeah, so that's why I think it took me probably like a break because it's uh, you have to really decipher what you want to do before you go in, like spending five years of your time doing something you don't really like. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would you would find it a waste of time, and then you have to find a good PI as a professor that you're gonna work with. You know, yeah. you should be able to understand each other, not someone who is gonna give you stress. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a big benefit being here because we just. <coughs> We had a, a guy on recently, and he was from Pakistan, and he didn't know his professor coming here. Came on a joint program, and now he's going to leave after two years without the PhD, just the master's, because he's finding it hard to get along and hard to adjust to uh, the system of. And the the professors are, are taking some of his some of his money, and they're, yeah. and they're and they're watching him. They they expect him in the 
They expect him in the lab on Saturdays and Sundays with Skype open so they can watch him. Is this is this standard practice? In, in I Korea? mean, so the problem experience? in Korea is like pretty much uh, probably the same. I mean, most uh, foreigners have a hard time doing a PhD here, especially if they don't psych their mind up for, for it. Mm. That's why I talk about, I mean, like having the right PI. Yeah. Because you have to know, I mean, who you're dealing with and what, what you should expect from him and what he also expects from you. Mm. And yeah, the work ethic culture in Korea is pretty much different. So Absolutely. initially, I planned to go to the States because I've worked in the lab in the States and it's totally different from, from, from here. here yeah. What are some of the big differences? I mean, like you just said, the weekend. Work. Yeah. I mean, work is work and there's mm. like life outside. The lab, but your in here, yeah, in as, here, as it should be, yeah. yeah, in here, it's pretty much different. I mean, people see they you work hard when you stay in the lab. So, uh, I used to work in the lab until maybe one a.m., two a.m. sometimes, which is normal in here. But I mean, in the state, it's it's. Geez. But hold on, you said you work hard when you're in the lab, but were you working hard till one a.m.? Because I, I I've seen I've been in the labs and I've seen a lot of people not working hard till one a.m. Yeah, so I mean in biology, so working till one a.m. doesn't sometimes mean you you've been in the lab since morning. But when you're taking care of cells, mm. and I start the the cell, I mean maybe culture, and then I have to recheck them after like uh, twelve hours. Okay, okay. So some cells like they're gonna, I mean like you have to change the media after twelve hours or twenty four hours. Okay, so depending okay, okay. on the time you start, okay. you have to be consistent. So but that's not all the time. But if you're working with sales, pretty much you have to be in the lab uh, most of the time. Mm. So, uh, so have you been able to properly psych yourself up for for the five year adventure? I'm still, yeah, I'm still. So <laughs> I tell I talk with the professor to let me uh, do an internship for six months to get to know the condition. So mm. that's that was the deal. It's like, a smart move. Six months, and then like let's see if we able to get along, and then if I want to continue, then. I, I join in the lab. If yeah. not, then I, I take another part. Yeah. And he's okay with that? Yeah, so that's what we're working on right now. So that's yeah. that's good. That's a good uh, good step. <clears throat> like we said, the, the previous guy jumped jumped right in, and yeah, he's that's, totally, that's totally regretting yeah. his, uh, his decision. But it sounds just smart, mature, and, and not so green, and that you, uh, you know, you've learned a lot from your time here. It's yeah, a so. calculated, uh, calculated approach, which and, is and good. And followed in some other guy's footsteps probably that have advised you or mentored you along the way yeah i met i met i met some people like even during the korean study program i i met this girl who started her phd and then after three four months she quit i met another guy from ghana also who started his phd and quit after three months really yeah and came back to do a master so Hmm. i think that's another another big problem he uh he cited was um was the the professors putting their name on all of his work uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, that, that should be something I think if you're taking the the six months to to negotiate your your terms of, of working I think that might be something you want to uh, implement in your in your contract or whatever yeah maybe you yeah. you get you get uh, patent right and stuff yeah you get you get paid correctly and I mean you get you get the notoriety for mm-hmm. your for your work right? recognize the yeah, effort for what you yeah think. absolutely that's uh <clears throat> that's uh, scary stuff man. But it's common if the professor is the one funding you, then definitely anything you publish is gonna be. That's um, that's common only in Korea, or is that ever, in the states? Everywhere. Oh I no mean, way! Yeah, but yeah. they're they're often listed as a co-author, not the main author, when they don't do anything. But at the end of the paper, you find the names, and the last name is always the the professor's name. Yeah. So it, it should be it should be. Common. Is he? But but in my understanding, they're not on the paper as the the lead author. They're on as a co-author. 
your name would be the, the lead author and there's the, they're on as a co-author. But in Korea, they're the lead author and you're the co-author, even though you did almost everything on the paper. Uh, pretty much different. What I know is that people in the lab, like some other people in the lab who just free write, would put their names in as co-author or first order. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, with you. I wonder how much, I guess it depends how much they're kind of steering the ship. If they're really hands-on yeah, in the lab, yeah, then it should, be, should be. It depends should be okay, how much input they have. Yeah, they yeah. have. Huh. Interesting, interesting. So <clears throat> what, um, you've been here now f- six years? Seven. Seven yeah, years in Korea. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be my seventh year. You're a seasoned yeah. veteran. Growing, growing yeah. up in Korea. 2012. And seasoned then, veteran. Yeah, 2019. So you were 19 when you came? Yeah, I was 19 when wow. I came. Wow. Unreal. Where, where do you plan on going with, if you pursue this PhD, master's combined degree, where do you plan on going or taking it after? Or what is the... What's the end goal? What's the dream? Yeah, so I recently I just developed like this love for uh, diagnostics, hmm. uh, creating like uh, easily accessible medical devices, especially for also rural areas. Because hmm. my professor was working on lab on a disc where they, they make this like a CD, yep. a little bit thick, and then you can spin it and you can, I mean, diagnose like you have a special reader, they spin it for so 30 minutes. One hour, yeah. you can, I mean, diagnose that this person, I mean, is has this or has that. So I thought about, I mean, if you send it to places like Africa where it may be uh, healthcare sure. and uh, having to set up a big lab for diagnostics, then maybe we can run these in small places or anywhere so we yeah. can especially. So did you say you have developed something or you helped or you're... No, she was working on. Oh, she, okay. she, she was that's, working. that's that's her. He was doing uh, his undergrad. You okay. can yeah. just you can yeah, see what the yeah. professor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, cool. That's uh, that's interesting. You wanna you wanna jump right into that uh, into that? And do you have any ideas now of of different projects or any any seeds of uh, of ideas that you want to, that you want to develop in the future? So. Yeah. So I'm I'm also looking forward to. I mean, like uh, like maybe. The diagnostics of malaria or something like that like the um, I mean back at home what what we suffer from a lot and what uh, it's difficult to to diagnose also and then it all boils down to cost so we have to make these items very cheap absolutely yeah production cost and then also easily reproducible mm. yeah we don't uh, we plan to do it in such a way that we don't have to do it in only developed countries I mm. mean developing countries can also Produce yeah. these medical devices I, as well. Have you ever had malaria? <laughs> Probably, yeah, but not not severe. I, I've had it five times. Five times, well. Wow. I didn't get it in Ghana. I got it in many other places, but I, I've never had it in Ghana. Well, and there's different levels of malaria. Different strains. Different strains. There's, okay. there's a, a bit. There's five strains, I believe. Well, when he said uh, maybe, maybe I had it. It seems like uh, the ones like a mosquito bite or like oh, I have a stomachache or diarrhea. Yeah, I think your immune system is... also plays. Because I've seen my brother right having malaria, which is like very serious, like mm. high okay, temperature. Okay. I almost, I almost died yeah, in India. Yeah, like I, I had a really bad one. But yeah, there's. I believe there's five strains, and three of them are are not overly harmful. You just take. The pills for two days, or whatever, and it's gone. One is a temporary strain, and one is a fatal strain. But I, I there's the fatal strain is only in a few countries, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. But I had a, a dormant one that was staying in my liver. Wow. And I picked it up in either India or Vietnam. 
because I had it in India and then I had it again in Vietnam. I don't know if that was the same one that came back or a new strain, hmm. but I, mine ended up coming back in Canada. Oh. So when I went in Canada and I, I had malaria, they they thought I was a, a, from outer space. <laughs> they said, and they said, "What? where have you been? What country were you in? And I said, I, I just came back from like a 26-country tour for two years. Mm. And they said, oh, we... Oh, maybe we can't. F- so they're going through each country looking at which strains are, uh, are of, in each country. <laughs> Anyways, I said, listen, I know more than you guys. I've had this is my fifth time having this. And my family was worried. And my, my brother had put me in the basement already and said, you're quarantined. He, he didn't know. <laughs> and I said, come on, come he on. And like, he had some young boys and I was taking care it's of It's not transferable between people? No. Unless there is the carrier, that's the mosquito. The mosquito has to has bite to me and bite you. But it was the middle of the winter in Canada. So they said, how the hell did you get malaria? <laughs> <laughs> Most people are going to Mexico, the Dominican and stuff. And he was on the plantains. Anyways, he was on the plantains he brought back. I think it was frozen one of the plantains. First, first recorded cases in like 20 or 30 years in or something. Canada? So uh, the doctor even said, I got a young Doogie Hauser, And he said, tell me everything you know, because, you know, we don't experience it. And I said, well... In Africa and in, in mm. parts of Asia, this is like having the flu. It's mm. nothing. Do you remember a song? I don't know if it was around. You're, you're pretty young still. When I was there, they had a song in Ghana and it said, it went to the tune of On the 12 Days of Christmas. Mm. On the first day of malaria, pop a pink pill. On the second day of malaria, pop. And then on the third day, pop a green pill and you're good. And that's um. what it was like. <laughs> People didn't care. When you got a, when you got a, a malaria, you knew it. You f- After the first time, The first, when I learned about it, it was from the Peace Corps, volunteers from the States. Yeah. They said, don't take larium, don't take mepliquin, all the crazy stuff. When you get it, you'll know. And I said, come on, how do you know? After that, the next four times, I knew within minutes. Yeah, if you're... Holy if shit, you're, I got it. Go take the pills, you're done. But when you get the, the semi-permanent strain and it, it sleeps in, in one of your organs, then you have to take a different kind of medicine or a stronger medicine. So, anyways, <laughs> I... Yeah, I didn't think malaria is like... Uh, Like have a sneezing in, in Canada or America. I mean, <laughs> it was common. Nobody got worried or scared about it. And the only thing that did surprise me was that that was one of the leading leading causes of of death was be, not be from malaria. It was from the blood transfusions oh. and that people couldn't get to the hospital. It's not that, I mean, many people get it and survive it. But when your, your blood count gets so low, you got to get blood transfusions. And they got to do them in the rural countryside because they don't have enough money. And that's when the problems start to happen. So, are you, are you, so it's kind of indirectly related. Are you telling him his, his hopes for a master's? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought a, a malaria diagnosing one. I, like when I had it in India, I crawled, literally crawled into like this guy's hut. He pricked my finger and said, strain B, take this, done hmm. within five minutes. And also when I got it, I think I was in Benin or... Benin or, or Niger when I got it and the same thing it was it was a quick so I, I don't know what how much faster maybe more accurate or I, I don't know what else they could yeah, be yeah more, more accurate that's that's the that's the thing and the, now uh, it's also uh, mostly most of this research so malaria is just like uh, a tip tip of the ice block sure. but most mm. this research goes deeper especially into cancer because mm. these days it, I mean like um, it's uh, It's a main problem because yeah. people are getting cancer and stuff and sometimes diagnosis takes really long time and yeah. they're not sure. So it's, it goes deeper than just, just malaria. Sure, sure. I'm and just looking at malaria because it's, I mean, Africa. Common, yeah. 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 yeah, but dengue, any of what, what, are the, what was the one last year in Liberia or something? Was it dengue? Ebola. 
Ebola. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. And for any of those, if you can get something fast, I mean, yeah, make a big difference. No doubt. Cool, cool. Uh, bump, bump, bump. So again, sorry, you you cut off there. You've been here for seven years. You you left you left home at, at nineteen years old. Yeah, nineteen years old. <clears throat> for uh, we always talk about uh, Canadian, like a, any age, like a, a Canadian twenty versus a a, a Korean twenty. Mm. And we thought, or we agree. Um, I, I think in Canada you grow up a little faster. You're a little more independent at a, at a young age. At nineteen years old. Um, I was in my second year of university and not anywhere near mature enough to to be in an international country. How uh, how did you feel? How did you feel coming over here at that 19 years old? Were you were you mentally prepared for um, to I mean, to to live on your own and study on your own uh, apart from your apart from your family? Personally, I I would have crashed and burned. I'm I'm so happy I hung on at 22. <laughs> at 20, I don't think at anyone can be mentally prepared at 19 to be going from Africa to to anywhere in Asia. But I, I don't know. I don't know how you guys are raised. Are you, Sink are you, or swim, man. Are you very Are you very independent from from a young age, or do you? I mean, much like the Koreans, do you do you rely on on family for absolutely everything until you're 30, and you just happen to make it out? Like, what's the so, how, did, how did you feel coming to an international let, country? Let me give him one, one quick story. Bempa and, and Umar. Yeah. They had just come and it was in March. And I was walking down the hall at the university and there was two black guys. So I knew they were from Ghana because that was the only Africans at the school. Mm. And they were looking at their paper and looking up at the classrooms and wondering where they were. <laughs> and I said, Etesan! And they went, huh? huh? And they looked down and saw me, a big foreigner, coming down the hall speaking greetings from their from their country and they were wearing like uh, i thought they were in the top of mount everest the clothes they had on <laughs> and it was march so it, it was probably 15 degrees and they looked like they were on the top of mount everest and i thought oh my god and they said if you can please help us we're late we're two weeks late for the semester because we couldn't get our visa problems and this and that and and they were i just thought oh my god <laughs> i don't know what yours is like but their first couple of days must have been an absolute shock. Sorry. Yeah. So I think yeah, it depends. Um, um, it, it boils down to individuals because uh, maybe someone else, uh, 19 or also same from Ghana, wouldn't mm. be able. But I think uh, high school also kind of prepared, prepared me for that because uh, we're kind of used to staying outside home. I mean, we go to the dormitory. In, oh, for high yeah, school. Yeah, for high school. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. so how far? How far from your home? Depends on where your school is. I was lucky; my city had the best school, so I didn't have to travel. Oh, okay. okay. So my parents were like, so I could run home. I mean, after a couple of weeks, but some people leave like two hours, three hours oh, away. Okay. So it's they, harder. Maybe they, once a month or so. Yeah. yeah, they only get home like just one time in the semester. So cool. So, um, so being in high school, I think that brought some form of independence, and mm. also I liked oh, being independent myself. Mm. Um, in high school, I started like uh, business. I was making like designs and stuff. I started a design company where I printed T-shirts and oh, cool. brochures and stuff. So ah. I was making some, some young young money. entrepreneur. Yeah, to to start with. So I think my dad saw I was kind of okay, because uh, on the other hand, my sister. I, I, I don't think she would be allowed <laughs> or she would have even taken the risk to, to leave Ghana. I mean, like, even mm. if she was 21. 
because my parents, I mean, in terms of food and mm. everything, like she wasn't really prepared. Yeah. But uh, and she doesn't have guns like this to, <laughs> <laughs> to protect, to protect her. Yeah. Yeah, Are you from Accra? No, I'm from Cape Coast. Cape Coast. Yeah. Oh, that's close to where I was. Yeah, it's very close. So, yeah. So I think my dad. So I, I asked him like, uh, you think I'm I'm okay? Because first I, I was planning to go to the state for mm. to study. And then this Korean opportunity came about with scholarship and every other thing. And then so he, I asked, like, are you sure uh, you you want me to, to go? It's like, yeah, I mean, Korea is developed and it's becoming, I mean, uh, mm. rising, um, how, rising country. How did this opportunity come up and did you know that? I mean, when I, I came a long time ago, but I didn't know anything about South Korea. It was all about Japan and China, China mm. being a huge country and Japan being a very developed country. I just knew it was in between and... I knew it wasn't North Korea, oh. so it must have been okay. But I didn't. I, <laughs> I didn't thought it was know. horses, horses and dirt roads. I man. didn't know everything. Like, <laughs> do you guys really know? I mean, the K-pop and the dramas. Maybe they they've infiltrated Ghana. I don't know. But how did you really know lots about here before coming? No, I don't know much about Korea actually. But I just found the brochure in my high school <laughs> of uh, no of the yeah. university. So the university happened to send brochures to a lot of places and for then, a unist. Yeah, for Eunice. No way. Because Eunice was new, so I think they were trying to okay, recruit. Yeah, recruit yeah, to, so they sent too many Recruit high the schools. best, youngest minds. Eh? Yeah, well, my high school was one of the best in Ghana, so we we happened to get the brochure. I saw it, I read, and I, I went on the internet mm. to search about it. Yeah. I saw it was pretty new. I saw the facilities, and yeah. I checked up on the scholarship, and it was pretty good. So before I even graduated high school, I had gotten into Eunice. Oh, cool. So, oh. yeah, I made the decision pretty much easy because now I didn't have to take SAT or TOEFL. So do you do you say, hey boys, let's go? Why don't you guys sign up too? Or was there a, a limit in how many Ghanaians they would take? Or no, I mean it was open. But my friends were like, I mean, like like you said, most people didn't know anything about like. Well, that's like us coming to teach, right? You, yeah. Hey, why would you get a teaching job at home? You can you can just fly to Korea and and roll the dice, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but a full scholarship. I mean, that's that's not easy. Look at now, right? I mean, that's not hard to, that's not easy to find. Yeah. And there's so many students from all over the world competing for free international education. I mean, that's yeah. not easy to find. Yeah, so my friends were like, ah, oh, man, you're going to be in Asia, man. These guys study like crazy and stuff. <laughs> you think you're going to be able to, to, to do that and stuff? Like, you see, you like, you don't know much about, like, they're like, man, like, I don't think it's gonna be easy. Then they just—they were laughing at me like back then, like yeah. uh, you're gonna go to Asia, ha 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 ha. Now, like, now uh, they're driving chochos. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean the life. <laughs> chochos a tuk tuk. Yeah, it's uh, like, communal communal public transportation. Like jeepney. Yeah, like a jeepney. Okay. So, yeah, it's <laughs> just more like the vans here. Oh, okay. Yeah, but the hagwon, they're hagwon vans. Yeah, 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 okay, hagwon with double the people. Yeah. <laughs> so hold on, Dave. And some goats on the roof. <laughs> so it's it's funny. Hold on, for anyone listening at home, mm. we just threw jeepney tuk tuk. What do you? What's your friend's Cho-cho. name? Chocho. Chocho. Mm. Your friend. Uh, <laughs> sorry, no, the Chocho and uh, and a hagwon van. Mm. In, I can imagine people at home are scratching their head. <laughs> a form of transportation. I don't know how to. Yeah. Some have three wheels. Some have four. Some have goats on the roof. <laughs> so were you, were you part of the first Ghanaian students to come to Eunice? How how much earlier did Eugene come, or so, were you yeah. in the first group, or was that there was already a couple of like of your older classmates who would come here? So. Uh, Probably in my year group, I was the first, but the two two people were here prior to me. The two years 
that was the first time Eunice recruited international students. Mm. So Eunice started of about a year or two before they started bringing in international students. So mm-hmm. they told me there were like two Ghanians in there before I came. So they asked me if I wanted to to contact them. So I had some prior information yeah. talking to Charlie. Uh, yeah, two people like over here. Yeah, How is the system like? How is yeah. it like? And they, they, they said a lot of good stuff about it. So cool. it made my decision quite easy to awesome. To just but come. but I mean I think it I think it must be an easier adjustment for us coming. Um that then because I mean I I also lived there for quite a while and I mean if you talk to them they must have said there's no fufu, kenke, panku. Ah <laughs> I mean that would be like I mean for us we can go buy meat and make hamburgers. Mm. We can but I mean Making your foods. I mean, we've had a couple dinners together. It's yeah. not easy, and it you're not going to do all that work for just you know one or two people. So that would be a major alarm right there. No. Yeah, but I mean, I but think at 19, you're still pretty malleable, right? You can you can adjust to your to your surroundings. I think a 50 year old Korean Ajishi <clears throat> going going on vacation to Canada without lamian or oh, without without kimchi <laughs> and that, that's Anchovies, hard. Yeah. even i mean even yeah. <laughs> yeah. do you have a dried squid hold on i got yeah. two in my back pocket <laughs> let me eat these during a movie yeah. no the uh, even my wife we just returned mm-hmm. from canada and she you know, after a week it's uh maybe let's go to the korean, korean restaurant. restaurant you know i wouldn't mind some kimchi and honestly it's kind of comforting mm-hmm. for me as well mm-hmm to eat something that's not fried or, or full of sugar but um i think at 19 maybe maybe it's well, easy. Know, maybe it's you, a new what, what was your diet like before you came because when when i was <laughs> yeah i mean, I, mean I, was, I was eating fufuk kenke banku and peanut soup spicy soup or the other soup. peanut that's, soup that's what we eat yeah. every single time i mean Good it's Lord. very different like Sounds food. delicious yeah but then i think so like, were you eating burgers and chicken every day like that that stuff didn't no, even exist where no, i was no but like like i said my one reason my parents actually were also okay with me leaving back they saw i mean i wasn't really picky with food mm. i could adjust easily and yeah. stuff so back so back at home i could i could eat anything because even in ghana we have like bush so meat many dishes bush like. meat <laughs> what's this bush meat so, <laughs> what, what kind of bush meat so many dishes right because yeah. it's uh, uh like a multicultural let's yeah. say because many people from different parts of africa migrated everyone has oh their cool own i didn't special, know own ghana's dish. the ghana's the, the Canada of Africa? No, it's the safest country in West Africa yeah, for, for ages and ages. Uh-huh. The Ivory Coast was in war. Togo, Benin were in war. Liberia, Sierra Leone, they've all had their own civil wars for ages. You guys so, stayed. Ghana was the safe haven for a long time, and it's an English Christian country. And yeah, so that's how I ended up there because that was the only safe place. Yeah, because you were working at UN camp, right? Peacekeeping yeah. Camp, yeah so. And all the refugees were French, and I spoke French, so that's they were they were all in Ghana. So. Yeah, yeah, so but pretty much, yeah. So, I mean, if you be able to, even even in that community, if you're able to still not be picky because you have like a wide range of uh, access to food, and then if you're able to get used adapt. to, yeah, adapt to them, then it's pretty much easy for you to. God, we used to take a chocho like hours and hours to Accra just to get a Nando's pizza. <laughs> like, once every three months, we go Nando's and the, what was the other place called? Castle, something castle. Uh, pizza in and stuff. Pizza and uh, man, you could get a burger and a pizza in the same weekend and go back and you'd be set for three, four more months. Diarrhea oh, for great. <laughs> diarrhea for a week. Yeah, but uh, it's like been 10 years. How many yeah, years? Yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. Things are, uh, when I went back home, I mean, things are very different now. It's sure. like 
it's not not that much different from 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 Korea. It's I mean, really westernized. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're I really think that's western. the internet, right? You can mm-hmm. watch a couple of cooking shows on YouTube, or yeah. you know, change a little fusion, change it up a little bit. Yeah. So when I went back, like I mean, people are pretty much used to Western food now. I mean, KFC and everything. I mean, back oh, home then. So, so Jesus. when I went, I just wanted In something. Cape Coast, KFC, KFC in Accra. Yeah, okay. But it's pretty much yeah, Accra Kumasi, maybe, but. Yeah, pretty much easy to get. The um, plague, the plague is spreading. Yeah, pretty much easy to get to get these franchises everywhere these days. So, Jeez Louise. what were some of the biggest shocks when you got here? I mean, uh, the weather because I'm no, I wasn't really used to 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 winter. So this is hotter than Africa here, man. Yeah, and it was hotter. It was hotter in summer here than oh, back at home. So I, 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 I mean, I was shocked because people always think like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, even it's a common. Yeah, they uh, think it, uh, like, it's a common phrase. It's yeah, a common saying. Like, oh my god, it's hotter than Africa. It's hotter than yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it was crazy because I mean, every people back at home also think I mean like outside Ghana. I mean, there's nowhere hotter. But then I just found out, like, I mean... Ulsan, <laughs> South Korea. Yeah, huh? summer here. <laughs> it's pretty hot, so the weather and then... The you got to watch your pipes will melt away. <laughs> <laughs> Temperature difference is very crazy, you know, like... Wait, is morning. it the... the wh- how hot does it get in... Is it 30s, mid-30s, high 30s? 30s, yeah, 33. I mean, I live by the coast, so it's not that, I mean, like... Is I, the is it humidity like we have here? No, no it's not that's that the problem. It's, it's yeah, much that's, drier. Yeah, it's, if it, if it was if it, I mean it was that humid then it would be crazy. Mm. <laughs> that's 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 what kills me here. Yeah. You can't mid midsummer. You, it's a full day shower all day long. Yeah. yeah, I mean back at home I can just go under a tree or go relax under some shade and I'll be fine. I wouldn't be sweaty like <laughs> like Jesus. here. But in here even when you I mean inside the room or you like under a uh, shade or something Swamp like that, <laughs> you're gonna still sweat. <laughs> I, it's it's so funny like trying to explain to to family at home like literally walking from my house to my car which is 25 meters 30 meters away you're sweating yeah by the time you get in your car you're sweating and inside your car is hotter than a sauna and it takes four <laughs> minutes before it cools yeah, down see, yeah. and you go to your class and your armpits are soaked and you're oh it's it's really but it must be what it's, it's like for these guys being in canada in the middle of of December, January, February at minus thirty, minus forty. Yeah, I mean, how do you? How did you survive your first uh, your first winter? Yeah, did, like was, was it was it totally shocking? Was that the first time you've ever felt well, two degrees, five degrees? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was it was cold compared back at home. But mm. then I also found out. I mean, like during that time, I tend to go into hibernation. I'm not that much. <laughs> That much like productive, yeah. Because like it was, yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll prefer to stay in the room where I'll get some warmth than to go outside. Yeah. Know, like what is there to do outside in winter? You know. Yeah. Nothing much uh, apart from I mean like just survive. Yeah. <laughs> so we couldn't really Hunt. play soccer like like actively in the winter. So yeah. Sports activities and it's easy to gain for me. So I would yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool, and cool, then cool. food also was like a culture shock because sure. I'm not, I wasn't used to eating rice every day, mm. or at least three times in a day. So <laughs> it was, it was also like I, I thought. I mean, the, and the food here was really different because back at home is tropical, so we have this, I mean, like yeah. wide, wide array of food stuffs that we can. And, and different then, colors. Not everything's red, is what yeah, you're saying. Like, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, wide but, array, yeah, for 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 stuff like that. So it was, it was much, much. Uh, I don't know, shocking, yeah. and then yeah, I just needed that. Yeah. 
but it was okay. I could adjust. I mean, with yeah. in terms of food, and, and then, that's the that's that's the important thing, and that's I think why you why you continue uh, to thrive here. You're you're able to adapt to your um, to the surroundings or to the situations, right? Yeah. Um, you're. I mean, not only have you been a student, but an active teacher, mm. an active teacher as well. Um, I think it's not it's not so easy for for international students to get teaching jobs, but you guys have um, paved the way. Have paved the way, absolutely, and and done a good job um, as we've worked worked together before. Yeah, right. and then the the system of like everything being fast, you know. I mean, I'm sure in Canada it's also even not the same. Like in Korea, everything was like oh, this is in fast forward. Yeah, yeah, probably fast track. You know, like you order something, it's on like your doorstep the next day. Uh, you go to work, <laughs> like everything. Crazy. Like the Chinese, the Chinese food delivery. When I was living <laughs> in the one room, I swear to God, they were on the first floor. <laughs> they must have been cooking underneath me, man. It was there, or they knew they had some sense that I was going to yeah, order. Yeah, you know, it was there. Everything is so fast. How here. can you prepare a meal hey. and deliver it in four minutes? We <laughs> used to order a pizza at home, me and my brothers, only when there was snowstorms or thunderstorms. Because it comes, and free. we'd turn off all the lights. And Little Caesars was thirty minutes, or it's free. Hmm. Thirty minutes, or it was free. And we'd turn off all the lights, and we'd put a little bit, a couple snowballs over the address, and hope that the guy couldn't find it. We'd be like. 28, 28, where is he, where is he, where is he? 30 minutes, it's free. Wow, that's good. And, <laughs> and in Korea, you know, you can order a bowl of chicken noodle soup for $4 or $5, and it comes within, you six know, minutes. six minutes, and the guy has to come back and get the dishes. Yeah, has to come back <laughs> and get the dishes. <laughs> it's like incredible. Yeah, it's, it's really that surprising. was that was shocking for me. Even when my dad came to visit, he said, yeah. "Why are there bowls all over people? Why do they leave their dirty dishes outside?" Like, yeah, it's just and it's not it's not like them. they always do that. I mean, they throw out a lot of styrofoam and plastic stuff here. I just it, it's amazing that those guys, you know, it's still economical to come back and get the dishes. It's great for the environment, but yeah, it's not that expensive. Also, so I wonder. I mean, like yeah, and delivery. Most, and most the, things are local too, right? But well, one one shop within one kilometer is ten thousand people, so they're they're not going far to yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's it's zip here, zip there on those scooters, and it's done. Yeah, in in Ghana, things are significantly slower paced. Slower, that yeah. Way? I mean, yeah, exactly. You in can here, taste you, your food. What's that called? Ghana time. Yeah, Ghana one time. Because like, especially for healthcare, <laughs> like, I was surprised. I mean, like, technically in Korea, within five to ten minutes, you can go to a hospital, see a doctor, and then. Uh, get your medication but, but no. i mean that's from putting on your shoes to diagnosis and getting your yeah and ten, receiving 10 your... minutes one time i timed it you know like <laughs> I, I went i'm like wow in 10 minutes i was able to see the doctor and then yeah they're just fast like they want to get get done with i mean it has yeah. disadvantages because i mean yeah absolutely yeah. yeah so i mean i think back in the worst people want to take their time and make sure everything is done yeah but here it's all about time you know time is time money, is money yeah. yeah so save time and then so and a lot but of that's it. that's what i really liked about ghana was that it was like slow motion <laughs> and nobody was in a hurry and yeah you know, greetings are important and how's your family and talk a little bit and it, it was so slow and one one reminds me of the public transportation yeah the what do you call them the chocho lots mm. and you have to wait there until the van's full before yeah, you before leave it leaves yeah. it doesn't matter how rich you were the 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 Right, 99% of people took the same form of transportation between cities. Buses, I, I never, there wasn't much choice of buses when I was there. It was all trotros. And you could take a, what do they call it? Like a, like a charter or whatever. You could, you could uh, pay a little pay more for, for a smaller car with only four seats and air count and it goes faster. But even middle class and upper class people taking the trotros, you might have to wait an hour for it to fill. 
So, for example, we're going from Toronto to Montreal. Yeah. You go to the station, you sit down, and you wait until all 12 seats are full. It could be 10 minutes. It could be three hours. Jeez. And yeah. it, didn't ma- it didn't matter. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Yeah, so I was pretty much used to, I mean, like, keeping to study and then, like, uh, going at a slower pace. Mm. But then, yeah, so I had to really adjust, which was, I'm still adjusting to this this fast system as well. I think the, the health system here, too, is a little sped up because, I mean, if you're going to... Uh, if you're going to a little local clinic, that's all private, right? Yeah. And the more private. patients they see, yeah. the more money you get, yeah, the more uh, drugs they sell, the bit. What about back home? Is it a national? You have the. Yeah, most hospitals it? are public. So, oh, okay. yeah, so you have a, a couple of people, you know, you have to go to the OPD, like um, cool. the outpatient department. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's like. Uh, so many people when the doctor to people ratio wasn't that high by the time I was back home maybe now it's pretty much different yeah so yeah but in here there are a lot of private clinics like uh, every uh, yeah a mile away or something like that so mm. it's pretty much easier and access to healthcare cool so he was talking about you were getting into teaching I don't know what we got sidetracked yeah. there but what uh how did your teaching career take off I mean, yeah, back back, <laughs> back back in school, you know, like uh, sometimes like uh, we saw gigs being posted, like uh, they needed someone to sub in for them or just like uh, play with play with kids. Started, I mean, just uh, cultural training. Mm-hmm. So some Korean moms were interested in, I mean, getting the uh, kids to to be open minded. I mean, meet people of absolutely uh, yeah, yeah. The diversity. So they, especially kids, are really curious at at that age. So we started playing with them, play soccer, bicycle, do a cultural thing. Yeah, introduce them to our food and stuff, and they really liked it. So on weekends, we we used to uh, mentor the kids and like do a lot of activities, fun field activities, and then, oh, cool. Yeah. Was was that that sounds too easy? Was that through the church? Because most of the places I go and families I know wouldn't be so welcoming. Yeah, probably much. Yeah, most of them. But I mean, you did you get your feet wet in the church and then you branched out to doing your own private stuff and and gigs here and there, or so you meet one someone who's really close to you, or uh, one mom right. who's and really open minded, and yeah. they introduce you right. to the other moms. And oh, once okay. they once they see that, then they become okay. open as well. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so one person introduces you, and then another recommends awesome. you, and then it, it goes yeah. on from there. That's a. Uh, <clears throat> that's good man that's a, the same <clears throat> one of the first uh private students that i had the dad openly admitted later on he's like brian i <laughs> i didn't trust you man he was you skinhead yes and i went dude i'm not uh, you know i don't have any swastikas <laughs> tattooed on uh, on my body but it's really funny nice. right the last guy was pakistani they think he's a terrorist he's a skinhead and I, yeah black you, you know yeah, it's so. you're black oh my god you know, all the crazy stereotypes. So it's good that they're warming up and, and, and opening up a little bit and diversifying. So that's good. Yeah, seven years ago, it wasn't like this. I'm sure when you guys came to it, was, yeah, it yeah. was, yeah, people. In Ulsan, it's a little bit different. I mean, when I went to other cities, I mean, in Busan and Seoul, a lot of people are open to foreigners and Daegu and stuff. But Absolutely. Yeah, Ulsan is a little bit also different well, I, as well. It was, it was probably, it was 2010, yeah, 2010. I mean, before that, there was one uh, black male in Ulsan, and he worked, his name was Edmund, and he worked at the shipyard for Total, and he was from France. No, no, there's, no. A, there's a couple of teachers here, too. I, I remember in 2007 walking into Purple Haze and going, oh, 
Like it, 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 it no, wasn't no, but, a, it wasn't a conscious thought, but like, yeah. oh my god, it's the first black guy I've seen since I've been here. But yeah. I mean, I, I came in two thousand three, hmm. and and until until two thousand ten, there was virtually no black skinned people here. I mean, yeah, there was a few here and there, but in two thousand ten, the minister of education was uh, going to end up losing his position. Hmm. He had to make drastic changes to keep his job for the second term. So he said, "We're putting a a foreign teacher in every school." elementary school and, and middle school, high school, like they did in Seoul. And that was going to get him reelected, mm-hmm. you know, to put this mandatory foreign teacher in every school. When they did that, they hired 230 teachers at once. Oh. And when they did that, you can't control, Who you know, you can't say it? only this one that the private schools would say, send me your picture. Sorry, 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 sorry. Just facial profiles. And when they did that, that came with like, it used to be a Canadian, Australian, Kiwis predominantly and when that happened man tons of brits tons of americans and there was probably 25 or 30 african-american teachers in that first intake no. and that changed all of ulsan in 2010 like that it was in public school all the kids said hey i got a new teacher he's awesome and and all of a sudden it it changed the whole mentality of the city and even from the from the private school perspective as well it was more more open and parents are more willing to yeah to because the government did it they can't fight it they can't change it it's it's there they're english speaking from english countries and that's it there's nothing but in a private school they would always the mothers would always cause problems so yeah i i now it's much much different but you guys have also done a good job paving the way for for future and being good good ambassadors man you guys are future guys coming over um, anyway, sorry, just to, to get off that for a sec, the, you said you were introduced to some classes or initially teaching through the church. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what is the, for your generation of Ghanaians, what, what do you and your friends uh, think about religion? Are you guys deeply, deeply religious? Um, I know <clears throat> at home, me and Nate, I think both raised Catholic, but I mean, we went to Catholic, I think I was put in Catholic school because... Uh, it's a it's a better funded uh, it's a better funded uh, they receive more funding System. from yeah from uh, from the government. Um, I went through the went through the steps without ever really believing in you know, Jesus <laughs> or God. It was just kind of going going through the motions. The teacher says we're going to church, we're doing that. Um, for your generation of Ghanaians, what uh, what's the what's the belief or what's the, the your your stance on on religion? I mean, re- religion has been in, I mean, with humanity for, for, for ages. You of know? course. Yeah. So, and I think the more uh, educated you get, the more you're able to decipher, I mean, like tell what is, I mean, what is being uh, put in place to restrict people and what is actually like. Or, uh-huh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we've been more open-minded. I tend to say Christianity isn't a religion. I tend I tend to classify it differently from other religions because mm. I find it's a personal relationship with God, mm. and it's much different. But then, also, the education is really important, oh. especially to to talk about because I mean, a lot of people are taking advantage back at home over people's ignorance. I mean, and using religion to as a medium, yeah, to, uh, as a medium to extort people yeah, yeah. because they find out that when people believe in something, they go all in out for it. Absolutely. But then when you're educated, you're able to tell, I mean, like what this person is doing. So I tend to to apply, I mean, wisdom to 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 certain things. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I wouldn't just believe a pastor or something like that just for mm. 
you know, some people just give portions. I'll give me ten thousand dollars. I'll tell Jesus and, you were a good man. And that's <laughs> what it was like when I was there. This church, the Pentecostal church, has free shirts. Everybody's Pentecostal this week. Next week, the Methodist church has bread and fufu. Okay, this week I'm Methodist, and there was there was a lot of that switching and changing based on what they were giving away this month or this week or whatever. I mean, yeah, it it it. it I mean, people turn to to move towards to what benefits them you know mm. like in, even in religion or in outside religion or anything in life yeah, yeah in, in life general. you know if these for the people find out okay this hagwon or this educational system is, is pretty much cheap and then mm. offering the same thing as this is i mean like doing they would tend to switch and go absolutely and go and, there so and in less developed places the short term is way more important than the long term yeah so. people, absolutely anything yeah. that can benefit me today I, i'm not thinking about tomorrow that's the thing that i learned there that Good people point. aren't yeah. thinking about six months later i i don't have any dinner for my kids today and they have dinner for me and I'm going to go and get it and it, it, that was it so and I, yeah for in terms of religion the foundation is also very very important you know like it depends on how you get introduced you know like like you said I mean you you raised Catholics but you were mostly in also because like the Catholic schools and stuff what benefits in, yeah, yeah benefits in Ghana also like when when the the British or the the white colonizers came they built schools so Actually, what was, I mean, what uh, what started, I mean, active religion was because they established schools. So the mm. Methodists had schools, the Pentecostal had schools, yeah. the, the Catholics had schools, and they tried to bring the, the kids also true in Christ. But also, I mean, maybe some people's foundation were not really that strong, yeah. especially in terms of, because they are just going to school. There's a school feeding program or something like that. Students are being fed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So their mindset is, is a little bit much, much different also. They didn't choose what they wanted to, what they wanted yeah, to do, what they wanted, wanted to do. Rather, Many people like, rather went that way because of the benefits. Yeah, of the, I mean, the, Ghana's population is I'm uh, probably like sixty to seventy percent Christians. Mm. I mean, many people are born that way. They don't really. I choose. mean, like choose, yeah. like they they do. Sure. So it's much easier for them to. I that's mean, that's the whole world, though, right? No, no. No seven-year-old chooses. I think I'm going to be Jewish. It's kind of what your yeah. parents, yeah, what your what parents, parents do, and then yeah. So, but then after later in after 15, 16, 18, that's when you're mature to decide: Am I going to continue in this? I mean, depends on what you've had so far, your experiences, yeah. and that. So, what what kind of role did the church play in your transition to Ul Center? When did you you say it's important for the foundation? I'm curious. There's not many options here, especially for for English services. Yeah, um, you're very limited. So how did you find a connection here and how early or upon your arrival did you connect with the church and how important of a role has it been in your stay here? So yeah, anywhere I moved to, I mean, even since I've been to Korea and when I, I went to the state, anywhere I moved to, I first of all, like within the first few weeks, I tried to find like a, a gym. <laughs> yeah, that second, yeah, <laughs> the, uh, approximately like <laughs> proximity of a gym is really important too. Yeah, but I I try to find a community, you know, like absolutely, some, yeah, people I can I can have the same I mean mindset with and yeah. I mean believe and stuff. It could be church, it could be I mean like a, a sports community. I mean working out and stuff. Yeah. So when I came here, uh, luckily I mean like th- those who were already here had found a, a church mm. that they were going to, and then so. Uh, when I I go I landed in Korea on Saturday. The next day Sunday I was in church. Wow! And yeah, so <laughs> I played the musical instrument. I played the bass. So it's also easy for me like to get involved. Um, yeah, if I find something I, that I committed doing, mm. then I find a reason also to to be in, even when sometimes yeah. I don't want to. And you're contributing to the yeah to, to the thing. That's to, awesome. yeah. So, so what you is find it, your find your place? What is it? Is it an English service that you go to and? Or, or did you just connect because you were playing the bass and they needed a bass player? 
So mm-hmm. even actually when I went there first, I, 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 Jesus needs bass. <laughs> Turn up the bass. <laughs> yes, I just joined. I just joined with the with the notion of it being a church because I wasn't even playing bass back in Ghana. I was playing the, the keyboard. But when I went, how many instruments do you play? This, oh, I feel so stupid, man. <laughs> Honestly, I come to Korea and there's kids play like, teacher, I play the piano and the violin, and I'm thinking, oh my god, I very terribly play the guitar i play like three four <laughs> chords and then he he told me about you guys playing uh in the, the band they have the whole band now or, or they have for, for oh, you guys played at the at the orphanage right yeah we played at the and he said there's yeah. a bass player and a keyboard and i, and I told him mm-hmm. like that's amazing that uh that there was one keyboardist and one bassist and one guitarist and mm-hmm. one thing he goes no no they all play all the all the instruments <laughs> i went oh all right so today keyboard tomorrow the drums yeah we, that's we, wild yeah we tend to switch sometimes yeah no way. So, yeah. So, when I was in Daejeon, for instance, when I go to Daejeon, I found a church and there was no drummer. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had Jeez, to, I had to shift into... To, but but to how, that. I mean, how does the... Was it, again, was it a Korean-run church? Or I believe you go with George and them, right? Isn't yeah. It, is it an English service? Yeah, English service. So, it used to be, until until this year, it used to be uh, an English worship uh, service i mean like uh, for a korean church so they have a mongolian worship service and an english worship mm-hmm. service but until this year about uh, four months ago mm. the the oh. english church became independent of the ah. of the korean church so every administration is being run by the by the foreigners and the pastor ah. so we turn to make decisions but before decisions were made by the korean were made by the korean church it's still in the same place though it's still in the same okay, place. Yeah. So they offered to give us, I mean, like the the room for, for the service, you know, to they, cool. they could host us and yeah, and then but we decide what to do with the the money, the fans and how to run the service. What's what the to, for anyone in Ulsan who's listening who wants to join or what's the name of the what's the name of the new I know originally it was Shimon It was Shimon Church. Shimon Church now but it's now it's Journey, 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 Journey Church. Yeah. And who's the pastor there? Is it Kanet? Yeah, Pastor Kanet, Kanet yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. And what kind of church is it? Uh, it's a it's a charismatic liberal church. Not I mean not like Pentecostal or not strict denomination. Yeah, no, it's interdenominational. And that's why I said you said you have to connect with the pastor and everybody. That here, there's not many choices. Many people go because it's the only option. Yeah, and they feel comfortable. They feel you know good there, so they want to go, and they can't pick and choose or be picky about who the pastor is or who, because there's no money. There's no options. Yeah, there are not there are not many. Everyone's options, there for yeah. the same reason, though, right. right? So I guess it's not. Uh... See, it's funny. My my image of uh, of church I mean, going as a as a young in you know during the when I was in school, you go in and the the pastor the the priest, priest. is he's above he he's above you. It's not someone mm. you talk to. It's mm. not someone you connect with. It's you go in like he talks and then you you get the lesson and then you go and then you go no questions asked yeah you know, like that yeah it's mm. like a, it's like a maybe you can equate him to like a, a korean Lecture. a korean lecturing mm. lecturing professor who just stands there you know he downloads his uh his information into you and then and then you go home and try and <laughs> try and more deal with it you yeah. know that's why i think it's awesome you guys playing the, all the instruments in a band and stuff is cool but that and that's kind of the cool thing about the korean church is that they're smaller you're i think the uh, the the level of the she's she would be a pastor is yeah, that, is that pastor, her thing yeah. pa- I mean you can have a direct conversation with her and I'm having problems with this can you help sure. me and, yeah, and that's yeah, a, that's yeah. a that's a great for people coming over who 
who are religious and, and are looking for community, it's a great, it's a great yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing is with the, these, these days churches, you don't have to actually even be, be religious. I mean, we, we have a lot of people coming in there like with different reasons. Mm. Yeah, like some people turn to just come to... It's a support network, yeah. a support group. To well, learn English. Technically, I mean, they, I mean, some Koreans come, I mean, to listen to English, I mean, yeah, sure. stuff, and sure, uh, people right. also come to find a community. We have games night, we have potluck, like uh, pastoral cooks, and invite oh, us. That, and, even yeah. in my in my early years, there were lots of Ulsan Day students, or uh, our our friend Lenski, he and and John and. They wouldn't. Hey, Brian, let's go for uh, let's go for a buffet. Yeah, free We're, food or something. I sat the <laughs> let's go for a buffet at the church. I went. I don't know if I want to. You know, I had uh, I had reservations about going there, but it was uh, it was still totally open. And you yeah. know, the owner of Namaskar. Yeah, that was one of his saving graces. Here was joining the church. That's where he got support, and and he met and connected with many very important people that he said kind too, of mentored his oh, life. He wasn't necessarily religious, but. He met all of the all yeah. of the guys from SK or in no, he he wasn't Christian at all. Yeah, yeah and, I mean, and I I remember being in uh, Singapore, and I met a couple of young guys from India in one of the uh, hostels, and they said they, they told me they were there looking for IT jobs, and I, I didn't understand. They didn't have any money. They were very poor, and I said, how how can you guys afford to be here for this long? And they said, well, we don't have to pay for food. We only pay for our hostel here. And I said, how do you eat for free? And they said, come with us. And I said, well, where do you go? And they said, we go to the Sikh temple. And at the Sikh temple, everybody eats for free. And I, they said, we don't eat breakfast. We go there for lunch and dinner. So I went there and I went for dinner with them. And same thing. They're, they're the most welcoming people around. And you get there, okay, I got to put a, a turban mm -hmm. on. But they don't care. They just want you to put a head covering on. Um, they have their rules or whatever. You put your head covering on or your turban. You go in, you get free free food. And in turn, you should help either wash the dishes or serve some food or whatever. And everybody does something different. They accept donations from people that can afford it and others who can't. You contribute in another way. If it's cleaning or serving or hosting or whatever. So I, I took advantage of that free meal service, buffet service in other countries as well. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, yeah. If you look in the Bible, that's the, originally that's how church was supposed to be. You know, it's it's uh, supposed to be a community to to help people. Because in back in the days, I mean, no one really kept properties. You know, like trying to hide everything. Mm. Every everyone brought what they had and they shared with the community. But these days, I mean, like uh, it's it a little it's a little bit different. But we still have, I mean, churches that are, I mean sticking to what is supposed to be done. I mean, yeah. but but. Some people just well, when we when we grew up, I mean, the church was a very communal place, mm -hmm. and I remember always coffee and donuts and bazaars and yeah. uh, events and That's Halloween. It, it was a great place to hang out and meet friends and family. And yeah. so, I mean, the the priest was never you know the overly interesting because mm -hmm. it, yeah we were too young, but Sunday school was always fun, mm -hmm. and uh, the communities or the the hall after was always full of you know good social socializing with. Neighborhood friends. I was uh, <clears throat> I was poo pooing on the on the Korean churches when I was in mm. in Canada <laughs> in Montreal and in Quebec. You go, they have the Notre Dame. Mm. Right? Yeah, Quebec. What is it? Notre Dame de the Cathedral. Yeah. The cathedral. Man, as a non-religious person, I walked in and I went, "Whoa, dude! It has a it has a different uh, a different Ooh. feeling, or mm. you get a sense of of something in there." 
and when I was in there, I, I told my wife, like, this is this is how church should be. This mm. is a church. And I said, you know, that second floor in in Mugadong, mm. that, that little box of a mm. thing where the one guy's preaching. <laughs> but, you know, I almost I have to take that statement back now because it is it's not about the building mm. that you're in, but it's about Community, I think with yeah. the with the community, yeah. So, but the uh, buildings uh, <laughs> do hold a lot of emotions and feelings. I mean, there's no question. When I walked into the the main cathedral in Mexico City and, and all over, when you go in and the mud mosque in Jene hmm. in Mali, what's a mud mosque? It's the biggest mud structure in the world. It's a it's a oh, mosque okay, made of you. mud in in Jene and in the <laughs> Taj Mahal. You just don't wipe your feet before you go in. <laughs> when you when you go in those no places, you up. go wow. Yeah, and I mean, if the walls could tell stories, I mean, thousands and thousands of years of history and story. I mean, some of those places just blow my mind. Yeah, but it is, dude. When it comes down to it, though, it is about. It's not about your. I think the the biggest the, the biggest steeple mm. or the or the coolest stained glass, but the the people who are in there connecting with each other. Right? Unless you're Joel. Joel Olstein. Fuck <laughs> it, I'll buy it. I'll buy a stadium. <laughs> Give me a stadium. Oh my God, the hurricane washed out half the people in our city. Get out. <laughs> Lock the doors. <laughs> That's a little more commercialized version of the church. Yeah, these three stuff. Guy's got a nice grill though, doesn't he? <laughs> Anyways, hmm. um, bum, 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 bum. moving on here. What uh, when you you said you traveled back home? Yeah, I was back home two years ago, 2017 December until 2018 cool. February. When you when you go home, what are people most surprised about about your life here? I mean, they were surprised that I, have, I had been away for like a long time. You know, I think yeah, five years before I initially went home. Yeah. So they were like, "Oh man, you you've been I mean mm. away for quite a long time." Yeah. You know, my appearance, everything was was very different. It's very different. I mean, your I had, arms are triple the yeah, size. I had, yeah, I had gotten bigger. They yeah. were like, "Well, what have you been doing? I mean, what have you been eating?" All Korean fufu. Yeah. <laughs> All have the... you been working out? Like, do you want to be a bodyguard like that? Yeah. Some people, some people, they hadn't met my dad. The built-in vest. Yeah, so they didn't know my dad even had a son, like who was who was outside because oh, they had just ahead. met him within the oh, last okay, five, within years. five years. Yeah. So they thought like, "Oh, you got an, you got yourself a new bodyguard now." Like, <laughs> so like, like, like he looks like he's protecting you or something. And like he looks that. like you too. Mm. <laughs> um, but what, what uh, I mean when you go back and you're telling stories people are asking about your life what what surprises people the most for me if I talk about some of the food that I've tried or the you know the the super fast uh, fast paced culture or uh, the traditions that we get from being married and, and you know being yeah. involved in the families absolutely or again funny very funny sauna mm. stories from uh, from the sauna have you been sorry just to, to cut it for a second have you been to a Korean sauna not really so I just uh, last time I was in Seoul and all hotels were booked so I just decided to, to book sleep in the gym bank yeah gym bank but yeah. that was like I just went in slept wrote my exam and came back but <laughs> I heard a re- pretty interesting stories about gym bank you know someone's <laughs> yeah. like you just have to try it one time oh yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, when, I, when I get in there, Joshis are like, remove your clothes, take everything off. Like, they're so, I mean, like, <laughs> eager, eager to, to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So I'm like, well, what is the big fuss about about, about this? Like, <laughs> like that. So I'm like, that's uh, that's funny. Usually, uh, we ask we ask the guests mm-hmm. if they've been to the sauna, mm-hmm. and we've had some funny uh, some funny experiences. But anyway, so what are the what are the interesting things that you're that that uh, your Ghanaian family who hasn't traveled here or hasn't necessarily been to asia what do they find most interesting about your about your stay here or about especially your like the food 
Yep. You know, like when I tell them about how rice is like a staple dish here, like uh, yeah. they get surprised because like. Uh, what's the what's the staple at home? Potatoes? I mean, it's it's, it's yeah, yeah, cassava. You know, we we call it the tubers. You know, like the tubers. Rice <laughs> is also is also common, but not as common as as here. Okay. Because okay. here, I mean, like if you the, the a normal cafeteria serves rice for breakfast, lunch, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, dinner, yeah. right? But we're talking about eating rice like maybe f- three, four times in a week. Oh, okay, okay. Then that's not even constant. Not the same white rice. I mean, like jollof or fried rice. Or I mean, okay, a yeah, bit yeah, different. Yeah. Like way out. And then also. Especially, I mean, my my parents got really surprised about, I mean, like uh, uncooked food or raw food in here. You know, the yeah. the squid, the octopus, live octopus moving in the plate. And <laughs> I still haven't eaten that. Yeah. I so, so I I, I, so I was like, let's go to a Korean restaurant. You know, I wanted to give them the Korean experience, you know, yeah, but yeah. they were like, we ain't going to try any Cook raw things. Shit, yeah. <laughs> you know, like we don't want to get our stomachs upset. So they were really surprised. You know, my cousin came from Denmark. I... She was also not really into the Korean food, you know, like for, 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 I, I thought, I mean, I thought, cause I, I, I've not been picky. Yeah. So I, I had never had a problem of like trying to find food for someone mm. cause I was, I was always caring for myself. Yeah. But when I, ha- I had to host my cousin from Denmark, then I saw not everyone is pretty much used to food around. Oh, yeah. Not at all. Not at all. So, cause I ordered chim duck and chicken and stuff. I didn't really know she hadn't been eating well on, until we went to a McDonald's, you know, and she was just <laughs> like, <laughs> get it now. and when she found like 30 uh, McNuggets, yeah, <laughs> when she found like the McDonald's was like maybe 15 minutes walk from home, she says, I'm going to take a walk. And then she ends up going to McDonald's. You know, without <laughs> That's funny. That's what my parents did here. <laughs> yeah. They said they're going for a walk at the university and they went down to Mr. Pizza. <laughs> And then we go for dinner and say, oh, I'm just going to have a little bit. I'm not so hungry. And then after they went back to Canada, they all had stories about sneaking out to Dunkin' Donuts and (laughs) Mr. Pizza and all. Every time my sister and brother-in-law went for a walk or mom and dad, they were going to get some food somewhere. Yeah. So (laughs) it was like, so I started cooking for her and then I saw she was enjoying the food. And then I realized, no, it's it's a little bit much different. Not everyone can. Yeah. I've been, I've been here for so long. So I ordered Chimdak. I thought she was going to be fine because it's just chicken, chicken chicken and stuff. But, it's, it's that's funny too growing up my my dad oh, I, I was a very picky eater mm. growing up now now i can eat anything but growing up he was always oh you don't know unless you try it you don't know unless you try it <laughs> he came here like hey dad try this try this uh, oh i don't know about that hey come on you gotta <laughs> yeah, you, know, you gotta follow we, your own rules you don't know before we, you we try it too, yeah. is there is there no raw dishes in uh no uncooked meat dishes in Just uh, bush meat yeah, I mean, we, I, I haven't been, I've never been really used to the idea, you know, of like nothing being, I mean, even when we cook, we make sure it's fully done. Oh, dude, that, like, I can't, uh, other than, um, other than a steak, which mm-hmm. that have medium rare, mm-hmm. right? Um, pork, mm-hmm. I, I could never imagine eating on, like, not, that's almost not burned, you know, yeah. I, I would like that fully cooked. Um, but coming here, Dude, they'll go fishing and you eat that fish right, right They'll away, slice it know, up right in front of you. You'll eat it. Sushi was, I mean, like, uh, like you said, the the sanakji, the mm. the live octopus, literally crawling off of your plate. Um, that that scares the hell out of me. The, the raw horse. Yeah, I mean, red the, meat. I was surprised. I went for it before. I thought it was like some veggies. I took it with my rice, and then yeah. I had to spit out everything because I wasn't really used to eating raw red meat. Jesus, yeah. 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 I mean, but the UK is one of my favorite dishes here. I mean, I, I love that. I don't know if I. I don't know if I've told the story before, but the first time I ate UK, the that's raw beef for you guys listening at home. Um, they, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna eat raw beef. I'll 
probably die, so I should write a letter to my family before I do it. <laughs> and before we ate it, man, they cracked a, they cracked a raw egg on, on it. Rye, it. Sesame oil. Sesame, sesame oil, yeah. And then, and then, oh, and then, delicious. Do you know what I ate when I was at home? So good. I ate raw deer when I was at home. It was on a cracker. I mean, it was two tiny little, <laughs> two tiny little things, but it was raw deer. Yeah. And I thought, oh, it's a good, good chance I'm going to die after mm. eating this, but here I am. <laughs> Anyways, the uh, I I, 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 I want to ask you, did you ever eat cat in Ghana? I mean, so what, what my <laughs> what, what my grand, what my granddad always says about about meat is like meat is meat. You never know because when you're a kid, you don't know if they served it to you. You know, like my friends ended up eating dog here without knowing, and they were told, "Oh, we just gave you dog meat." They're like, yeah. "Okay, well, no problem." The same, same, yeah, for, same, it's same like for me growing right Yeah, so I mean, like one time I chanced on like my my brother and his friends, and mostly his friends, they wanted to have an adventure, right? Yeah. So there, I no one has had ever eaten like that before. So, yeah. but they just like they just wanted to try. They yeah. were they were wow. They were like 19. Yeah. I was like maybe 15 or yeah. something like. That I just chanced on them doing something illegally somewhere, and I'm like, what? And I'm I sell them cooking, and I'm like, okay, but it looked illegal, right? Because they were hiding to do whatever they were doing, right? <laughs> they had a so little I fire, said, but they were illegally cooking a cat. I mean, they didn't want. I mean, like they were cooking People it. Say, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were cooking it somewhere. I mean, okay. definitely, my dad maybe would be mad. Uh, I mean, or something okay, like yeah, that yeah. if they find out something like that. Hmm. So when I I chanced upon them doing something like that, and then so it's like. Uh, like a bribe. They said, okay, we're going to give you a piece of this meat. If you don't, you, kill, don't say anything, I don't, yeah. you don't say anything. And I was like, okay, why not? Yeah. So so they told me to keep shot, to keep my mouth shut. And yeah. they gave me. Then later I realized, okay, this is this was what they were cooking. Or this was why they were doing When that. you woke up with whiskers, you're like, that was a cat. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so now like I'm pretty much, I mean, for, so for like in Korea too, I have the same mindset. Like sometimes trying something once is enough. Absolutely. Yeah, for yeah. the experience. Like, yeah. I, I just tried it once. That's okay. It's not yeah. something like I would. Well, when I was there, we used to go to a place called Duncan's mm. in uh, in Osu, mm. in Ghana, in Accra. And uh, we used to go. And, I mean, where I was out in Esiyama. And the chickens, I mean, there was no meat on the chickens. Mm. There was no meat on the goats. There was nothing for them to, to eat, really. I mean, it was very, if you go to Accra, you could get anything. Um, but we used to go to Duncan's and we'd get big stars for a dollar. And we'd sit outside drinking the big beers, and he had a barbecue, and he would make like shish kebabs, hmm. like meat kebabs. Hmm. And I'd been there five or six times, and I'd devour them because that was there wasn't a lot of meat where we were. Hmm. There was eggs and, and rice and fufu, and that's what we ate. Um, and Fru, I remember, uh, Joe, what fufu's a uh, bread. It's like a I big would, ball of pizza dough. Pizza, pizza dough. It's a ball of pizza dough and soup. I, I, I call it a dumpling without any filling in. <laughs> empty <laughs> dumpling. Yeah, empty. Hollow yeah. dumpling. Yeah, but uh, it's filled with more dumpling flour. <laughs> it's a ball of pizza dough. <laughs> so In soup. So you, you you rip a piece off, you push a hole in it, and you scoop your soup oh, okay. juice with it. And okay, that's okay. like your spoon, too. Yeah, with a lot of meat. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I'd eaten there probably half a dozen times and one of the last times they brought me in the back and showed me and he was killing cats and we were eating cat meat you didn't know no but it was you know taste like chicken smell like chicken look like chicken there was no reason for me to question it mm. right i mean same with the dog soup i've eaten so many soups here i didn't know the first couple of times that i'm eating dog soup it's just another korean Random weird soup, korean yeah. dish like my mother-in-law makes weird dishes all the time it's never dog but it's always weird um, and, and they usually taste good. So, like you, I mean, try it once if you like it, eat it. But 
I can't uh, I can't blame anyone who's eaten one thing or another. I when my dad came and and he had tried some of the foods there. He said, "God, you better not come home and look at those neighbors' cats there. You might get hungry." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Boils back to what <laughs> my my granddad says. You know, you never know. You know, sometimes you might have eaten something. Oh, like, yeah. If you have no, they say what you don't know doesn't kill you, that's right? right? Yeah. Absolutely. So, and until you're in a position of you know life or death, you might eat anything. That's a Korean proverb too. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> not knowing is the best medicine. Yeah, no, yeah, it. not knowing. Yeah. But growing up, growing up uh, with an Italian grandma mm. who was who was close to us. If we ate dinner there, every Sunday was chicken. Sometimes it was pigeon, like, chi- pigeon chicken. So, uh, so, <laughs> dude, sometimes it was like the meat was like gray. Sometimes it really was chicken. Sometimes it would look like a steak. You sure. didn't, and you don't question at a, at a young age. And that's what I think when I went there and they said bush meat with rice. And I was like, what the hell is a bush meat? That, that can be a monkey. It can be a meerkat. It can be anything. And, and that's what it was. It was just whatever they caught in the bush that day. Oh. You don't have bush meat anymore. I mean, b- uh, technically, it's like grass cutter. That's what yeah, I know. Grass cutter, yeah, yeah, grass cutter. What is grass cutter? It's a it's a hedgehog. A bigger family of like, uh, let's say, uh, bigger than a hedgehog. Yeah, like a porcupine, maybe. Like a rodent, a, a, yeah, a rodent, large rodent, like, like a, a beaver. Rodent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the tail? Close, yeah, 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 close to, and they they cut the grass with your teeth. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, like that. So that's why you call it. And you but, cut that. But if the they knife. didn't find any grass cutter today, it might be the monkey or whatever else they did find, <laughs> and that's why it's called bush meat. But yeah, I just stopped asking and just. Mm. just it's, ate whatever I, I was find there. I find it so hypocritical. The, the at home again. I I don't know if we've discussed this, but before uh, before I just went on vacation, I know the big. The big news here was that they were shutting down the the dog meat market in mm. in Busan, and I find it a little bit hypocritical how you know the Western countries will look over and say, "Oh, how do you eat a dog? How do you eat this and that?" Meanwhile, I mean they're eating all the all the farm animals. or the not not just farm animals, but I mean the, inhumanely raised animals. Well, what's the word I'm looking for? The Factory, sorry, the factory, factory farmed animals. Hmm. No, no one, as far as I know, no one's checking where did the steak come from. Yeah. You're getting the Costco ground up, yeah. uh, you know, ground beef. Who, who knows where that comes from? Or, And I, I just find it very hypocritical how we can look over and go, oh, how dare you eat a dog? How dare you? Meanwhile, you're, you're eating these inhumanely raised, raised animals. Uh, I don't want to say, I don't want to f- go 100% is meat is meat, but... You know, Koreans, uh, the the people who are generally eating the dog are probably the older generation. Sure, and, absolutely. And in a war torn country, if you if you grew up eating that, what, who is who are who are you to say stop? No, to stop you can't. You can't take well, it. Wasn't that long ago in our countries that pigeons and sparrows were were regular fare? Mm. And here's a picture of my father in law mm. and my daughter's on the farm. He was catching pigeons last weekend. Oh, for Jesus. soup, and he catches pigeon? sparrows too. That's Dude, a pigeon on a rope. My, how did he get? He's, it? Tied, he, he's got traps out on the farm, man. He oh. makes homemade traps. He gets big nets and poles, and he baits them in with some some okay. feed from the chicken coop. Hmm. They go in. He pulls the poles out. The net goes down. He catches them, and he he keeps them like that. Dude, he ties the rope around there because he doesn't want to. He wants them fresh, hmm. so he keeps <laughs> keep them alive. But when I was at the refugee hmm. camp, it was the same. The local Ghanaians around the camp they would take me out, and they would show me catching cockroaches. Yeah. And they said, "But 
I'm not hungry right now, so I'm not going to eat them. And there wasn't a huge source of protein. So they would catch them. And what would they do? Take their legs off and put them under a rock. And they say, Madingo, this is my fridge. And when I'm hungry, I come lift up the rock and I get a cockroach. For real? Yeah, for real. I can show you pictures of them. For Absolutely for real. That's wild. And they said if you kill them, then they're not going to be good when you want to eat them. You, you take the legs off, they can't run away, but they don't die. Come back in three, four, or five hours. I want it. I got a snack. It's funny if you're if you're full, you know, if you're full enough, mm-hmm. if you have enough food that you're judging other countries based on what they're what they're eating. I think you have other problems you should be you should be solving. Yeah, I mean, one thing that traveling or being outside, I mean, uh, has opened my eyes. I mean, you can never tell, you know, mm-hmm. never tell unless you've been in, in a situation, you know. Absolutely, you can never judge from from being outside, you know, because I've been here. I don't, I, I, I technically don't want to judge because some people see dogs. I mean, as a pet, some people see that sure. as food. Some people, oh, you but know, I can respect I, both. Yeah, like you, you know, I understand it's a it's an intelligent species. People yeah. connect with them. That's family. That's family yeah. for some people. And I'm not advocating to 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 open a, a chain Don't of Mc, rest, McDonald's yeah. restaurants. <laughs> McDonald's restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, but, but we can't judge people who you absolutely. Know, like, yeah. yeah who and, and if that's the case, there's 1.4 people in India who don't eat cows. Yeah. I mean, so then what? That's the thing. That's the yeah. crazy. What, what, what yeah. do they think? I mean, yeah. I mean now the cows are, are sacred there. Or do they think we're all crazy in the West? Well, no, but. Yeah. You gotta be understanding, and and traveling opens your eyes, and you become more understanding and accepting of people. That's why I think it's a good education. You know, like now Peter advocating, you know, like don't kill the animals, cows are friends, and all the other stuff. You know, everyone has, I mean, their reserved ideology about what should be eaten and what shouldn't be eaten. But I mean, I think if everyone is able to keep an open mind and not being, I mean, judgmental yeah. about that, then we can all live in harmony. If you want to be a vegetarian, fine. I mean, I wouldn't judge you if you want to be sure. vegan. Don't, don't ruin my don't steak judge dinner, my man. status yeah. too. Yeah, like that. You don't, you don't, <laughs> you don't build pipes like this with. Uh, <laughs> we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't <laughs> eat cops, man. You need some protein, so yeah. Did you did you ever eat chicken bones growing up? Yeah, man. I mean, like, uh, what do you mean by accident? No, <laughs> no, like I mean, you know, inside the bone, you know, we got the how, bone marrow, marrow, yeah, bone marrow, That's yeah, protein, all yeah. protein. So yeah, do you so. snap it and just suck it out? Yeah, suck yes. it out like that. So I, I think, I mean, there, there's been healthy benefit. Uh, I mean, also for from uh, yeah, yeah, without. Now yeah. I got a question. What about eating chicken in Korea? Do you eat the bones? Depends. I mean, how full I am, or I mean, the the, the mood in which yeah, yeah. in which I I I mean, feel like sucking tonight. Yeah. So, <laughs> so these days I tend to eat a lot of chicken breast, you know, because I I just want the the, pump whole, the, guns. Yeah, the whole meat. So yeah, and then just less fat and stuff. So. so when my father came to visit and we had fried chicken, which usually you can find in any town or village. I mean, it's not a lot of meat, but we got the fried chicken and we ate it. And we had a big pile of bones. Mm. And you know, the cartilage or the, the tenons, the, yeah, the yeah, rough yeah, stuff yeah. we kind of leave on the ends or whatever. Mm. And slowly, 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 I mean, part because we were Obrunis and part because, you know, we were eating chicken. But the kids started coming and coming and coming more and more. And then they were just waiting for us to finish. And as soon as we finished, they were fist fighting over eating the bones. Because, <laughs> yeah, but but that, that's, that's why wild, I say yeah. even he's from a... What, middle class, upper class family? I mean, middle class. And he's eating the bones because the marrow is protein and that's what you're taught. That's what you know. Mm. But I mean, and so I did it too when I was living there. Mm. 
But that's why I wonder about you guys eating chicken here. I'm sure you probably don't do it here most of the time. Yeah, because, I mean, there's a lot of chicken. Also. I mean, when you right. order a box or something like that. Sure. So that, that's why yeah. I said it depends on, like, the mood. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. just just for fun or something <laughs> like that. Cause, I mean, you can, you can be, you know. KFC is like, I mean, when you go to KFC, you got, like, a whole, like, I mean, like, a box now. Yeah, After yeah. 9 p.m., they do the one plus one, you know. <laughs> if you say you, you're going to be eating all the bones, Extra bones. I mean, like, you're yeah. going to be so full by the time. <laughs> And one thing, you know, like I realized that there's the chicken feed restaurant here, right? Yeah. I mean, back at home, I could eat, but now I haven't brought myself to be able to to eat go, yeah, to eat feeder. the chicken feed, even though many people have recommended it. Right. And I'm trying to. I, I have the same. I have the same. Uh, the the same problem. My wife will go a couple times a year, meet her friends, and what are you having tonight? Like with hungry eyes, I don't know. Like chicken, chicken feed. feed. Yeah. That that it's image, a really big that, deal here, right? That you know, image in my head it, yeah. of like a yellow mm. claw just hanging out mm. there, which is quite funny because for how clean and whatever the Koreans pretend they are, that's the dirtiest two parts I can think: the pig's feet and the chicken feet, and they just love both of them. Jesus, yeah. Oh. So that, that's what I'm saying. I take like, the every, breast and some back bacon. <laughs> <in> <laughs> yeah, everyone, like, yeah. So everyone gets like, so yeah. Once you you just find out like uh, related also with culture and like uh, sure. just the mood of feeling. When you brought up eating something, you get used to it. Yeah, you know, it becomes no no problem for you to. You never have second thoughts about yeah. about about it. You know, I'm sure if I was brought up eating dog meat, I wouldn't. I mean, judge all people like oh, yeah, so yeah like, sure. like. But it's it's different. I mean, some parts there are people who eat this differently. There are people who eat this differently. Craziest thing I've seen eaten here, my father-in-law. I'm not kidding you, man. <laughs> he ate, dude, raw pheasant. I like I had not like one one nine dial. I was just waiting to hit the the emergency button there. He ate a raw pheasant. Do you know pheasant? Guang, like the the, the, the bird. bird. Yeah, I saw. That, I saw first one, of all, yeah. other than chicken, I'm, I just assume that any bird I'm eating has some disease <laughs> and, and that's I'm going to die. That's how we're brought up. Yeah, right? uh, the pheasant true. eggs are very. The quail eggs they're very popular here. They're a side dish at all the meat. Dude, he ate a raw pheasant meat, <laughs> yeah, yeah. uncooked. Oh, dude, oh my God! That's mind blowing. My my father-in-law I that's has instant a, instant death. Man. My father-in-law has a good trick. Brian was exposed to it once. He always says, "Do you want to go to the samgatang, the chickens, <laughs> the full chicken soup, yeah, soup restaurant?" <laughs> but every time we get there, the chicken sold out, and there's only dog soup left. <laughs> every time we go, and he says, "Chicken soup, chicken soup." Okay, yeah, I love samgatang. Oh, sorry, no sure. chickens. Oh, the chickens are okay. Dad, just get whatever. Okay, and he gets three dog soups, and then he. T- <laughs> oh, listen! This is this is before this is before we had children, and he was he was, Nate had the the pressure on him. Mm. You're married, mm, time yeah. to have kids, time to have kids, and I I said openly like, hey, I heard the dog soup, uh, but you know it might might help you, uh, might help you to give you some mm. power mm. and and help you have a kid. Yeah, they say that it makes uh, boys. Yeah, mm. it, 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 it makes boys. And we said uh, couldn't be anything further from the truth. <laughs> I was I got uh, two girls. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe no. you didn't need enough, man. <laughs> exactly. And that was, That's what they'll say. Yeah. Dude, I was a little bit skeptical. Enough. I was skeptical. So I asked the I asked the owner of the restaurant. I said, lady, I heard this gives you power. Is it true? She goes, absolutely. Me being a smart ass, he goes, well, yeah. Mm, I'm a, how, I'm many, a... how many kids do you have? I have five. And I went, oh, shit, really? You got five kids? I'm like, all right, I got to one-up you again. How many boys do you have? Five. five. And I went, Oh, two, two, two more soups. There we go. <laughs> That's why he keeps bringing yeah. me here. Jesus. So after about four or five times, I caught on to his trick there, and I would just go to either appease him or I would say, listen, 
I know they're not going to have it. Let's go somewhere else for noodles. <laughs> but, but he must have tried me five, six times before I figured out that every time they were sold out. I just thought they had really good chicken soup and they were always sold out. Dude, there should be a, there should be a, a game show at home. Like, <laughs> Are you going to eat the dog soup or the raw pheasant? <laughs> <laughs> if you eat any of you've them, you win. You've been tricked, man. Yeah. <laughs> now I got two beautiful girls and, the, and the, the dog soup place is closed now and I don't know. Yeah. Didn't work. <laughs> Fear factors clearly yeah, they're gonna not. They're going to say uh, you didn't eat enough, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Definitely you didn't eat enough. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, what um, da, 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 for people for people coming over here for for Ghanaians coming over here? What would you uh, or a- African students in general? I mean, yeah. there's there's a lot of now. Even Eunice has some from a few other countries. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah. What ad- what advice would you give uh, young kids coming over here before? Uh, something you wish you had known, or a piece of advice that you'd like to instill in the, in the, in the, the, the young hopefuls coming from uh, coming from Africa. I mean, uh, I think this might be pretty useful for anyone going anywhere. I mean, before you to you migrate or before you settle in, uh, first of uh, of all, you must clear your mind of anything you know especially if read from the internet or you've seen in the in the movies or you've seen on TV. You know, <laughs> no expectations. Yeah, you have to learn to unlearn and begin to learn that that's one of the that's that, that's something sorry as i you're still mm. younger much younger than it's weird man i've always been the youngest in the group <laughs> and there's so many young guys coming out now but i can't believe you're 26 i still think you're like 22 man <laughs> but that's that's something as i as i grow older that um, I, I find is a is a very helpful or very useful skill is unlearning yeah, some unlearning. things that I've thought to be to be gospel to be to absolutely one hundred percent true and unlearning those things and, and starting again or is one of the best one of the best things you, you know because everyone you know coming here people are gonna tell you you know everyone has different experience of living in Korea you know some people come here for, for a year and they can't take it and they go if you talk with them maybe they're gonna tell you oh man they're Koreans are unfriendly or like that. The sure. food is yeah. bad or anything, right? So if you come in and you listen to advice from someone like that, it's going to be, you know, different. It's going to change your perception, right? And if you listen to advice from someone who's lived here for yeah. 20 years, it's like, oh, I'm used to the food. Koreans are nice and that. Like, Absolutely. So it's going to give you different thought. But before, like, just come here with a with an open mind, you mm. know. No, like, prejudice, prejudice or, like, yeah. or anything about, like, the people here. Yeah. Just experience it for Bunch yourself. Bunch of dog soup eating yeah. assholes. Yeah. And, and, then, and then make <laughs> your own opinion or make your own, yeah. you know, that's formulate a, everything like you from, that's from a from very Irish. that's yeah. a very good perspective yeah to have, so man. then that's the first step you know when you learn to unlearn and then forget about everything expectations or whatever you're doing because even in korea i mean ulsan might be different from busan and so yeah, you know absolutely absolutely they yeah. are right i mean you guys learned that yeah i mean i, I went to the countryside for like uh, four months i mean mm. it's i went to study korean and this place is called nonsan you know and I think many foreigners, you know, no one really knows. Like I call, I wanted to do a, a vlog and show like the part of Korea that they never show you. Because yeah, you know? yeah. if you come in first thing, when I, I, I got Korea, I got into a Korean university. I went to the Internet and Googled Korea. You yeah. know, I was curious and I, I added Korean girls, you know, what they're going to show you. <laughs> Google Korean girls on, 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 on Google. And then like what they're going to show you might be different, a whole lot different from yeah. what you're going to see here. You know, like when you watch the drama, you see the guys, girls get crazy over K-pop stars. Like the guys like they're like, oh, there's the perfect guy. You know, yeah. you have to really unlearn because like so when I was in Nongsan is totally countryside. The 
bus stop is like a kilometer or two away. You yeah, know? Yeah. There's no numbers that show when the bus is coming. The bus passes there like nine times in a day. Yeah, That's yeah. it. It's all countryside. All the people there, I'm sure most of the people who live there haven't even been to Seoul or something like that. You know, yeah. it's just the farm field. It's just like the traditional life, you know, like yeah. used to, you like, like less technology, you know, sure. like, yeah. So it's like every place is different. You and know? you also lived out in the country at the university. I mean, that... That's one of the most yeah, isolated thought, remote universities. And I thought Eunice was countryside till I went to this <laughs> Dude, place. A, yeah. And then, like, that's where you see a cow. Like, there's a cow farm literally next to the school, you know. Like, you don't yeah. really see where they make all this, like, the beef or, right? <laughs> but when you go, you go see where all the strawberries coming from, where all the rice is coming from. Like, yeah, you sure. get it. Like, it's nature. That's how Korea was, like, before, you know. There's a like rapid 60 advancement. 60 years ago. Or 70 I years saw, ago. Yeah. I saw the buildings, like, the local made from mud and clay. And the people still yeah. Even your old people like 60 70 still farming you know how they live long you know like no technology or like less technology or something like that so someone like going i mean you you might end up being there on your first year in korea you know so it's gonna give you a different perception yeah yeah. or uh, yeah perspective about korea and then if you're being sold too it's different you're like hey man this is a Night, party night all, all you know all the weekend we go to the clubs drink until morning you know yeah. and they never leave yeah you go to the countryside you can't even find the closest like e-mart Mark, it was yeah. like you know like it was really so i had no option than to stay over in school you know like mm. and then if i got a free bus to daejeon i go to daejeon over yeah. the weekend well i think i could tell when i would see you guys at school on on mondays if you guys went to busan or not just on how big your smiles were <laughs> because yeah. going going to busan was the big city compared to here and, yeah and i mean yeah, it's all perspective, right? Yeah, so it depends on where you are. So, I mean, like, on learning is the is the, the first step, you know. And then any point you go, you have to try as much as possible. One thing I regret is not really getting involved in the language at, at a very early early stage, you know. Still still regretting that after 12 years. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, you can do away with, I mean, depending on what you do, you can do away with, 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 with our Korean, you know. Like, yeah. you can do away with Korean. Like, you don't need to really learn Korean to be able to survive here. Yeah. But then, I mean, it aids you and helps you a lot. Wherever you go, if you plan staying longer, you have yeah, to accept the culture, assimilate, and yeah. then if you go to sure. Rome, you do what the Romans do, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I found a lot of hacks being able to know Korean, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. People you know. are more open to you. Right? Yeah, before yeah. I used the bus system where I have to go and charge it every time, you know, at the convenience yeah, store. Yeah. So when, when you run out of it, you don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, <laughs> then I found out there was, like, a postpaid bus card that I can like pay at the end of the month just goes out from my account. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that. Many, many like little little hacks, things. Yeah, like, yeah, hacks, like yeah. coupon was was all in Korean, right? And then if you don't really, if I see something in Korean, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not gonna next. Eat it. Yeah. But they were the ones that had the rocket ship and they bring it to your doorstep <laughs> next. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, I want to eat peanut butter for breakfast next day. Like you know, I order it 11:55 p.m. And in the morning by 12... It's on your toast. It's, yeah, I can use it. You Beautiful. Know? Yeah, that's that's a, the benefit of, I mean, like learning You can't bring language. that rocket service to Ghana? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in the future, yeah, definitely. I mean, we're we thinking about doing certain stuff like that. Three bushmeat skewers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fast delivery system. So, yeah, second, you got to, I mean, like, if you, like, learn language, culture, learn to yeah. adapt, assimilate, you know, like... That's the that's yeah. It just I think it's just it's being open minded and, and yeah. willing to like I said willing to to adapt to your to your new environment and not being my my first year here. It's it's amazing that I stayed so positive, but a lot of my a lot of my coworkers didn't enjoy yeah. their work 
the food and it was constantly like, I hate this job. I hate this. I hate that. This food. Oh, I'm tired of the food. And I always wonder, what are you doing here? Yeah. What's what's so much better at that's, home that 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 you left to to come here? You know. That's almost but, my my thought when someone complains. You know, if you if you don't like where you are, you know, just move. Beat yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, you're not a tree. You no know, no one's forcing <laughs> you. Yeah, because I I, I <laughs> in, as, in, in as much as Korea is not heaven, you know, or like a heaven for anything, I I mean, I hate people who who complain. Yeah. There, are, there are a lot of things to complain about. No, no problem. I mean, this no, is not yeah. one of them. Yeah, there are yeah. a lot of things to complain about. But yeah. if you don't like it, just go. Yeah, yeah. go to where you wouldn't complain. Yeah, but, and but you know the what? problem is, most of those people will complain anywhere they go. Yeah, I, that, that, absolutely. That, that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, that's 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 that's. Uh, when uh, there, I had a, a few, without saying too many details, I had a few eye-opening experiences back back home, uh, where. You know, you you hear about a situation from from abroad, and you go there and you see it firsthand, and you go, "What? You're you're complaining about what? Your problem? This is your problem? Oh my <laughs> god! You know, and it's it's shocking, shocking to see the na- in in what ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the world would view as absolutely optimal living conditions. People can find that that point zero 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 one percent of, yeah. but that that's oh, not is... that's not traveling. That's not getting out and seeing. That's why I said yeah. I would love to make or, or establish a fund that made every Canadian kid go to a third world country in high school, so they gain some appreciation and perspective on life and how lucky they are and how fortunate they are to be in these situations. But it's all yeah. It's yeah, all. I think that's one thing that has also helped me a lot because like I've I've grown up. I mean, in diverse conditions, and I know how. It's one of the requirements to actually survive in life, you know. I always say that, I mean, uh, I've, I've been lucky because with the mindset I have, I'm able to, to thrive anywhere because of what I've been through, what I've seen. The pipes don't hurt. Yeah, <laughs> and where, I, where I've been, you know. Sometimes I, I, I say that if, if, if Koreans, I mean, like the, especially those in the university, uh, have the opportunity to be somewhere else to to encounter what it is to be like them because some people complain like this is this this is that this yeah. is that but if you if you're in a situation where you had no other option yeah you would find a way through absolutely you would yeah, find a way it. through and i think survival, sometimes right? yeah we get so comfortable you know like we used to i find that people who complain are just comfortable they want things to be the same from yeah. where they are coming yeah, from absolutely yeah. but this is this is the world this is life this and, is nature and it's, i think it's expect. necessary i mean these days we we can go to the market and buy food so easy there, there is we, we almost have to create your own your own struggle your own uh your own not problems but your own struggle maybe is the word i'm looking for uh in in life to to you need some hardships to work through without without this what are you what are you living for what are you overcoming is your is your life goal to to like oh i'm on the couch i'm gonna watch i'm gonna watch netflix for eight hours today and not lift a finger this isn't life man you gotta experience you gotta overcome and those you know the the longer the goal or the the harder the 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 challenge that you that you set for yourself the bigger the bigger the reward this is this is like old old knowledge man if you want to you know if your goal is to lose you know two kilograms or if your goal is to lose 50 kilos you know after you've lost 50 you're gonna feel like you've accomplished more man that's the that's the i was gonna uh, say a little bit ironic at home like talking about the people the foreigners here then and it's toxic online and people jump on so fast they complain about (laughs) korean bash korea all the time it's toxic online. It's crazy. Yeah. But at home, 
I mean, people are complaining about lots. I mean, look at right now in the States and, and in Canada. I mean, growing up, we always used to say, how come the taxi drivers can't speak English? They all speak, you know, French. Hindi or Punjabi or, <laughs> no, not French. No. <laughs> but usually it was either East Indians or, mm. and they own the taxi companies mm. in a lot of cases. So, and I remember people would complain about that. And I thought, but that's the same people that come here and complain that the Koreans don't understand their English. And it, it doesn't matter where yeah. they go. I mean, it, you, you always find something to whine or complain I worked, about. I worked in a restaurant. We used to, no, we, I, I probably jumped mm-hmm. in at some point, but mm-hmm. a lot of the older older workers would, tourists mm-hmm. would come in, you know, whether they're Asian tourists, I don't know if Chinese, Japanese, whatever. The, um, and tipping is not part of the culture. Yeah. These goddamn tourists come in here. They don't mm. leave a tip. They don't speak the language. Yeah, of course. Well, you expect them to learn English and come here for two weeks? <laughs> and that's the only reason you got a job because they keep yeah, coming. Absolutely. It's yeah. funny. But that's the. I, I can't stand when people don't even make an effort to assimilate a little bit. Um, and that's why I say all the, the, the guys going into the States, I don't want to get political, but I mean, they're going, they want to work hard. Those guys aren't going there for, for a free ride. They're no. going there to work hard. They're going there out of desperation. Yeah, most of them are the ones that are actually going to, when you're in the state, you find out that, I mean, mostly it's an immigrant that, uh, to be honest, that built the, the country. Sure. In the labs, you know, you, you're going to find, I mean, Indians, Asians, you know, Africans there who, who work there. As off, you yeah, know, like my language to, to do that. Yeah, it reminds me when I was going back to Ghana. You know, I knew I'm 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 not gonna get the same conditions here as before yeah. when I was when I was going for vacation. So I tried to set my mind. Okay, don't be expecting too much. Yeah. You know, for example, like I was used, I was used to 4G here, LTE and stuff. <laughs> I know I'm going to get 3G back at home, you know, yeah. someone considered that. Because I remember before coming here, like I was using 3G and it was okay for me. Yeah. So when I was going back, I'm like, you know, don't expect like things to be too Lightning constant, speed, you know. Yeah. When I came, like when the light went off, like my ex-girlfriend was surprised. She called me, damn, the light just went off for like one minute or two minutes. The and light I'm off. So, I'm oh. so scared, you know, and I'm like. Really? <laughs> Blackout. Yeah, like just blackout, you know, because so, growing back, back at home, I, I I, mean, there could be times like 24 hours, you know, like the... With no electricity? The light just goes ah, off because okay, they, okay. they want to reserve it, you know, like yeah. and some, yeah, they shared it. Like uh, Mugudong gets light for for one week and yeah, then yeah. for another two days, they, they're off, cut yeah. off and then Guyongni gets it like that. So like, yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, when so now it's like reverse culture shock, you know. Going back, I don't want to also complain, you know. Like, why is the internet not fast, you know, like that, you know? This is bullshit. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know. I must be getting old because when I was in Ghana, we were on dial-up. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> that like the the, internet the phone, phone phone internet. Ah, yeah. Three yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. G, holy man, you can do anything now. Yeah, and now now they get they have four G, you know, and awesome. so it's like wild, uh, yeah. good. Lots of opportunity. So, maybe one before we close out here. Yeah. If you were the president in Ghana, what would you change? What would you do? Surprisingly, I was just thinking about this yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, so before, so I met up with this professor who really thought, I mean, like, when we were talking, like, I found, like, he said, like, okay, I'm not going to take you into my lab unless you're going to do something (laughs) 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 unless you have a goal you know for your country you know like i I want people who are gonna go back and you know do things that's the problem we have and like just this week you know there was like uh the the parliamentarians they wanted to build a chamber where they're gonna rest you know it was costing 200 million dollars to build that chamber 
Jesus. You know, when you think about, uh, and then a hospital needs 84 million mm. to finish up and then be yeah. put in, in use. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, so I, I was just talking with my friends yesterday. You know what? Now I just want to go back and run for presidency. Yeah. You know, I want to go back and change stuff because I feel like now, so people fought, fought it and then they won. So they canceled the project. But this is what they brought out to the public, you know. Mm. And imagine what is going, you know, behind closed doors, the funds that are being embezzled and stuff. Mm. And then before then, 10, 20 years ago, many people didn't care because a lot of people weren't that maybe educated or interested in yeah, politics, yeah. right? And now I find out like taking huge loans that are, the country is going to be in debt for like 20 to 30 years. Mm. And so I'm saying, no, a couple like so many people outside right now studying, they've got the skills, they've got the know-how, yeah. right? So I'm like, I think I should go back and then, get into not not mainly politics but try to do something mm. kick the yeah like, put the country in in the right you know track yeah so I'll, the first thing i say if i if i'm president i mean focus is going to be on education yeah you know because no, I, I think that's what how korea got yeah themselves and when of, i came uh, here i saw like korea i mean 50 years ago 60 years ago Ghana was richer than Korea. Yeah. We gave them a loan, you know, like yeah. when they were in there, like after the Korean War, yeah. they were kind of poor, like Kwame Nkrumah yeah. gave them a loan. Yeah. And then fast track to 50 years later, yeah, the, the you gap know, is, gap gap is, is really wide, yeah. wide, you know, so I just studied like the Semaundong, like whatever they did. So it's one of the reasons I actually came here also to, to learn the system. Yeah. What did they do different? You know, Singapore, you know, Malaysia, those those countries, what did they do different yeah. from way back at home in Africa? You know, all boils down to leadership, investing in education, uneducated yeah. people. Korea doesn't have enough resources like like that. We have the gold, we have bauxite, we have everything. Yeah. They have the human, you know, they have the human resources. They invest in the intelligence of yeah. the people. Science, bring our project, import, and then they work on it. Yeah. So if I if I'm gonna invest especially in science and technology, science mm. education, in that, and then also on the road road networks, because that's one major problem we we have in back. You know, we have the resources we can transport them yeah. to places where they need to to be. Yeah. So and then also in agriculture. You know, yeah. I just found like we are really privileged to have everything being able to grow right. yeah, back yeah. at home. You know, Provide I just yeah. yeah, I just came here and so no, I was like. Banana can grow here. I was so surprised, you know, they have to import <laughs> yeah. banana because back at home, it's in my backyard. Yeah, you know, yeah, when yeah. I want banana, I can go and then just plug it and then yeah, just, yeah. just eat it. So I find that we are really privileged. So if we invest in agriculture enough to feed, our, feed ourselves, we can have enough to also to export to sure. other countries. Oh, yeah. and, then, and then we have like a really good weather, like the food can grow, you know, rain and every other thing, channel all these resources yeah. and then make a lot of, you know, like good stuff from it. So yeah. first focus is going to be on education and then transportation, you know. We waste a lot of time because our road networks are not are not good. Yeah. And then agriculture, you know, the three main priorities yeah. like for, for that. So when are you going to run? What year? Maybe 2042. Yeah, just get just ramp ramp some a lot of experience and then make sure the population is is educated enough to choose wisely. Right. Yeah. Because if I'm that, going, that's what you need. You need yeah. an educated population. Uh, because like uh, there are many two main political parties in Ghana, just like the the Democrats and the Republicans. Yeah. You know, so I'm planning to stand as an independent candidate. Mm. To have that, to have that, it means you have to be able to have. The whole country on your side, absolutely. You know, because you either have to run with the Democrats or the Republicans to be able to 
to yep. to be president, right? right? Yep. It's very hard to go independent. independent. Yep. So so I'm thinking like get the people educated, you know, like so I'm I'm thinking in the next 10, 20 years, people would be educated enough to know what yeah. policies are Absolutely. are very good for them. Wow. Use that to position yourself. We'll start your Would start that be your President year. Kofi or Kwame or <laughs> what's your President Jay? <laughs> Come on, what's your what's your what's your Ghanaian name? Ah, Echo. Echo. Yeah, Thursday boy. Yeah, I like President Jay better. <laughs> <laughs> what do you What do you mean? You you get you get a, a name based you know? on. Yeah, so you so every every <laughs> every Ghanaian has a unique name, you know, like uh, that tells which day you were born, depending on what tribe you come from. So my name is Kwame. Yeah, he's a. If he says Kwame, I know he was born on Saturday. Yeah. Why is that significant? Oh, yeah, that doesn't matter. This is the culture. Oh, okay, okay. It's Monday like, is Kojo. Tuesday is Kwame. Wednesday is Echo. Thursday is every echo. day. Yeah, you're an Echo. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Yeah, me too. You Thursday. Come on, I'm an Echo. Up. I swear to God. When when they asked me, I was like, "Why you the heck would I know, know what day you're day I'm born, born on?" Right? <laughs> and and was, they said, "You don't know the day you're born." I said, I was "Why?" Born on a Wednesday. I said, "Why would I? How would I ever?" I, know I don't what? know why I know that, but I'm. I mean, yeah. just like your blood type in Korea, mm. nobody knows the blood type. Like most foreigners, don't have any idea when they yeah. ask us what our blood type. They're shocked. But yeah, and Ablema, Akuba, mm. like that. It's it's. Akwesi. I think it's also. I mean, it's not for tribalism or anything, but like. Uh, there is nothing Ghanaian about my first name, Jeshron, right. and nothing Ghanaian about my last name, Baini. But if I say my middle name, anyone who hails from Ghana is going to know, oh, he's Ghanaian. What's that? Echo. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they know, like, oh, it's a Ghanaian. So when I hear Echo. Kofi Annan, it's boom, he's Ghanaian. Oh, okay. Because yeah. Kofi is a Friday born or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. So you were able to tell and then which like which tribe or which section of Ghana he comes ah, from cool. based on the middle name. Cool. I think it's pretty much uh, good. The first thing they ask you is, what day are you born on? What's your name? Say, yeah, my name's they, Nate. No, they, what's your other name? Then they make a name what for are you, you about? Based, uh, on, based on what day you Monday. were born. Do you find... Uh, Let me check. <clears throat> with, with Koreans, the, if they're born in the same year, then <clears throat> often, I mean, they can find a, a closer friendship, right? Mm. There, there's a very distinct, if you're born one year, one year older, do you find uh, you can have a closer bond with someone who is... Born on a Wednesday, kind of like a. <laughs> <laughs> is that? I mean, do, only or, if they got pipes like me. Yeah. No, but is that? Uh, do you feel any uh, any closeness or like we're we're a group or that's that's a certain section of people you belong to or are you? Wednesdays, you know, all the echoes go out for beers or what? Yeah. Wednesday, no, 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 no. Wednesday no. wing night. No, really. No, but maybe, but maybe, yeah. Uh, for the opposite sex, maybe you might find out like, oh, oh, she's an echo. Yeah, like oh, okay, okay. the magazines they, are gonna say echoes go well with uh, Ablema. Yeah, or something like that. Like Akubas there might be some, like, just <laughs> like if if she echoes, that's probably not a good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like I mean, like Aquarius, Cancer, yeah, Capricorn, cancer, like that, that stuff. Like, that, sure. like yeah, astronomy, like that. Ah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. We just gonna so, go. Ah, cool, very nice. Listen, dude, you. Um, we gotta get you back on for yeah. Listen, for twenty six years old, you you you're thinking like a like wise a, beyond your years, like a like a. I don't want to say fifty-year-old grandpa, but like, I'm not very. <laughs> yeah, because I'm almost fifty. Dude, you have the really uh, no thirty-nine. <laughs> just looks like it. The uh, the uh, your your perspective on and and views on life and and culture and travel and just uh, in general, man, you have a, a very good outlook. Uh, you have a, a very bright future in my in my perspective and. Uh, uh, again, I, I, I was, was just really hoping to, it'd be before 2042 so our podcast would take off. 
Yeah. yeah. Dude, <laughs> run next year. Remember, we had him first. <laughs> we had him first. Yeah, I hope this record, I mean, goes in a long way. I mean, like. Absolutely. No, listen, I'm going to edit it to say, like, Nate and Brian will be vice president. No, predictor. <laughs> yeah. Like the Simpsons predicted the future. Nate and Brian predicted the future of Ghana with the president. No, don't. Or Bruni, vice president. 20 years before, before he even stood for it. But uh, anyways, man, listen, you, you have an absolutely very bright future. You're you're a great ambassador for uh for the young africans who are who are here i hope uh as you said the you know the the new people coming in look to the the people who are already here um and i, I think you you're, you're very positive and uh and can be a good uh a good role model for for those guys coming in I want to thank you very much for for taking a bus down here and giving us uh, giving us some of your time. It was nice. I mean, it was nice being on here. Also, I mean, to talk. You haven't heard the final edit yet. Don't uh, don't throw that. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, yeah, thank you very much, yeah, and we hope uh, I'll have you back one time. Sure. Yeah, with, I think there's still lots of uh, lots of things to discuss. So. Next time we'll bring in a big Omo Tuo for the middle here. And yeah, man, we're gonna uh, have an some culture. Yeah, that'll be on the next one. Okay, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> I think Nate is still in love with Ghana. We gotta I send him I back. Love that stuff. No, yeah, doubt. we gotta send Nate back. Part of my heart still stuck there, man. Yeah, you gotta go for vacation awesome. with Gina and the uh, the, 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 the kids, the yeah. babies. Yeah. All right, guys. Listen, thanks very much. We'll uh, we'll see you next episode. Goodbye.